Wrestling is Hard. It's the show where we watch lots of wrestling and try to find the stuff we think is worth watching. First up is the man responsible for AEW, not SmackDown anymore. Brandon, how are you? Much better now that I'm not responsible for SmackDown. Doesn't it? Other two. It just feels like such a weight off everyone's shoulders that we don't have to watch it every week. I was just floating around my home on Friday night, knowing (laughs) that wasn't my responsibility. And the next person, the man assigned the task of NXT and not Raw anymore. Chris, how are you? What's going on? How are you? And I'm Jim. How are you? Hi. And I'll talk about Japan stuff. And ladies. But mostly Japan stuff. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard number four wrestling. Subscribe, follow, tell your friends, tell your family, give us five stars. First up, do we want to talk about anything WWE related? I mean, SmackDown and Raw related. I could go through like the weekly rundown, but it doesn't look like anything interesting. Alistair Black is back. He yes. broke up a four-way intercontinental match on SmackDown. That's about it. Yeah. And um, Nikki Cross beat the women's champion Rhea Ripley. So now in a non-title match. In a non-title match. So. <laughs> so she was not on okay. TV for a year. And now she's back. Okay. Right to the top. Yeah. I think that's all we have to talk about. I don't want to talk about anything else about Rollins Smackdown. It still stinks, apparently. That's what the review said. C+. Plus. That's the best <laughs> I saw. How about Velveteen, Velveteen Dream? He's dead. He died. The character Velveteen Dream is dead. Released by the WWE. Brandon, thoughts? Oh, I mean, this is just feels like we knew it was being poorly handled from the beginning, but this just this is the nail in the coffin, right? They were half bringing him back three, four, five times, not going anywhere, and then they would get heat and take him back off the air. Uh, what? A, uh, yeah, I guess better now than never, but yikes. Yeah, Chris, thoughts? Yeah, same thing. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. They kept bringing him back, sending him back, or he would come back and then Twitter would go nuts and then he would disappear for a few months and then he would come back and Twitter would go nuts and then he would disappear for a few months. And I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. Yeah. Well, they were, uh, triple H had said that they didn't find any evidence against him, but there must've been something that they got rid of. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Creep. Well, I mean, it may have been, you know, they couldn't, they, yeah, they couldn't find any evidence against him, but they couldn't, also could not bring him back. Right. So every time they brought him back, it was a nightmare. And then it's like, sorry, dude, you gotta go, man. <laughs> also, there's our, another. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. There, there was another WWE personality that we discussed that got fired last week as well after the show. Go ahead. Mr. Wirtz. Drake worked. I gone. thought we mentioned that he was got fired. Yeah, we, yeah, we mentioned that. that yes. Yeah. He got fired Wednesday in this uh, last week. I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, I had, me- I had mentioned that he wasn't on TV last week. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yes. Not that he was let go, but uh, another one that we knew. I think we knew was going to come. Well, you're always really <clears> shocked that they're sticking around. Like, how are they keeping these guys on TV? How are they keeping them employed? Like, what's the point of keeping them? Are they that valuable? No. WWE has so many employees right now. They have so much talent. Well, yeah, and especially since like a, a majority of their talent is standing around collecting paychecks and not doing anything. Nikki Cross. Right, so it's not. <laughs> he was on TV the whole time. 
You know, he was a valued employee of theirs. Maybe they were trying to like figure out a way to get out of it, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, maybe it was a contractual thing, or and there's contracts. You know, there's they got to get all their ducks in a row before they let somebody go. Yeah, Brandon. I'm imagining some scenario where Velveteen Dream and Drake Wirtz do do like a buddy comedy where they got to convince the boss that they're worth paying back. <laughs> it's a case of mistaken identity. It's a bosom buddies. They dress up like women and sneak in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, R.I.P. Adnan Verk. You remember him? No. <laughs> Brandon, do you remember that guy? I did, yeah. That seemed like one of their worst experiments in a while. He, he, I know him from ESPN, so right. was, he, he went the Jonathan Coachman route and uh, wasn't wasn't getting it. He, um, I, I, according to reports, I don't know how you know take him with a grain of salt. It was uh, WWE's version of Tony Khan, some other guy named Khan. That's this, their CEO or CA, CCO, whatever the hell he is, whatever his title is, VP, the president of operations. He uh, was trying to get a more sports-like approach to WWE, and that's why they brought this guy in. But he said that he said that it was a, a travel issue with everything coming back, and he's still—I guess he's still working baseball too. Brandon? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know where he—who does he work for? Does ESPN. he work for ESPN or does he work for TSN? Because he's big. Well, no. He's Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. So who knows who he's covering? Whatever. I mean, it's just very it strange. It says, says he's on the MLB network. MLB so. network. Ah, okay. MLB network, which is based out. I don't know if they were doing remotes with him, but that's based out of New York. So. Yeah. Well, he said once he became a tra- traveling brand, then it's too hard for ah, him to do it. So. Yeah. I like that. Just so you, in case you weren't sure that WWE has no clue what they're doing, they hire someone to make it a more sp- real sports-based environment, and then three weeks later have a match with Lumberjack Zombies and make that mm-hmm. guy call it. Mm-hmm. Where, he's, <laughs> where he's actually explaining to us what a zombie is. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> can, we, can, we give, can we give Dave LaGreca credit for his fucking rant this week on that? Oh, I, don't that was, I, mean, I don't necessarily 100, agree with that guy, but whatever. 100% I correct. But, yeah. but, I disagree. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think I think he takes his fucking wrestling a little too seriously and goes off to freaking. It was it was fine. It was entertaining. I wouldn't lose my head over something so stupid. No, no, no. It was very stupid. I mean, I did realize after the fact, though, we were talking about this. I was explaining the match to somebody and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't even have mattered. Like, I didn't even care. But I mean, it was legitimately a 10 minute commercial in the middle of a thing that you're already pretty much paying for. Like that'd be like renting a pay per view when a commercial for like do you set do, it, forget it comes up in the middle of it. You gotta watch that for ten minutes. Hold on, you you already it comes free with your Comcast. You already paid for it. So how much more are you actually paying for it? Well, yeah, well, that's me. Right. And if I got the version with no commercials, I'd be paying six dollars a month for it. Do you think someone actually still pays like sixty dollars for a pay per view? No, but there are people unless that they live in the woods. But yeah. if they have Verizon. Well, then you just have to pay the five dollars a month, right? Right. That's what I mean. That's only five bucks. I mean, I don't know what this yeah, is. but still, yeah, it doesn't like it's it's only five bucks. But remember, cable was only thirty three. Now it's almost two hundred. Yeah. I, like I mean, like it's only it's five gone bucks down in price. for now. It's gone down in price. It used to be ten bucks. Yeah, I, I don't know my, what this. 
You know, yeah. What I'm trying to say is that it's not, people are complaining that they wa- oh, it's a big waste of money. It was fucking it's it's not a waste of money. It was the rest of the show was good. <laughs> I don't want to go back onto the zombie thing. I thought we all agreed that it was pretty entertaining, but I don't know what this Dave Lecrae. I don't even know who that is or what he said, but. He just uh, went on a rant about how ridiculous it was. That's all. I thought it was funny. Uh, but he started screaming about really money. That's the thing that funny. drove me crazy. He started screaming oh, about how okay. he wasted money. I wasted my money. It's like, dude, you watch WWE, what, how many times <laughs> yeah. a week? It's five fucking dollars. So you wasted, I don't know, a half a penny out of that? How much? How many hours of WWE you watch? It's just like silly. It was fun no. to watch him lose his shit, though, over something so silly, though. Go ahead, Brandon. You can't get an, you can't even get an egg salad sandwich for five bucks. It's like at that point, I don't even want to hear anybody come yell about five dollars. But I, I can relate to the sentiment of like with AEW. Again, this is because I had expectations. Like random things will just piss me off and and make me blow up because I'm just you know, so tired of it for so long. So I get that. But with WWE, it's like this has been so far beyond salvageable for so long. It's like. Right. This is this actually went up the other way now, where this became more entertaining because yeah, it was so... that, you do have a point there. Yeah, yeah like because it was different than what we've been staring at. One of the most entertaining things of friggin' WrestleMania was Bad Bunny because it was different. It was fun. It was different. Yeah, but that was actually good. Yeah, it was good. The zombies were not good. But it was no, fun. they weren't. <laughs> the guy was explaining to us what they are. Yeah. In case know. you don't know. In case you've never heard of what a zombie is. We were broadcasting from a secure location that only took us three seconds to get to. <laughs> now. Uh, oh, boy. All right. Shall we move on? Please. All right. How about Dark Side of the Ring? Let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring. So they went to Korea this week. They went to Korea this week for the infamous uh, WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling match for Kim Jong-il. Yes, Kim Jong-il, in front of 150,000 people in North yes. Korea. Chris, yes. I'll let you go first this time. So, was I, look, I'm glad they showed it. I enjoyed this one. And most likely it would be the only one that I'm going to watch and say, oh, I really enjoyed that. Because the majority of them, it's, you know, wrestlers are great and all the horrible things they do to their families, they're not. it's not their fault. That being said, is that was it really a dark side of the ring? I mean, was this that dark? I don't find this that dark. It was. This was actually very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting side of the ring, but not dark. Now, the most, I mean, the, the best, you know, the, the one thing I got out of it was that I want to move into Eric Bischoff's house. Other than that, yeah. you know, I mean, it was a good story, um, and you know it. Turned into the, a, a moonsaulting, flipping mid-card jobber talking about how tough he is oh and saying how everything is everybody else's fault. Brandon, go ahead. Chime in. Yeah, I'm, I wanted to look up if you can drink in North Korea or if they were because if that was the majority of this episode felt like people that were were just drunk the whole time they were there. I don't know if it, they're just that dumb or not, but – Probably the most entertaining part of this whole thing to me was how little all of the WCW guys cared that they were in North Korea and, and they couldn't get out of that mindset where they're just like, this guy's disrespecting me. I'm going to have to kick his ass. <laughs> like, dude, you're kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kicking anybody's ass, boy. You're yeah. kicking his ass. It's not going to go well for you. 
<laughs> like they had, they, I, I enjoyed how little they processed what they were doing and yeah. had no no real scope of the consequences of like beating up a North Korean military member because according to this they all almost did it a bunch of times and then also fought each other in front of them. I, how fucking stupid were these guys like so they go over there um it's only four days they're only there for four fucking days these guys could not stay out of fucking trouble and keep their mouths shut for four days yeah, Real warrior like a, Hawk a is moaning. he's moaning that he's out of steroids and painkillers and shit what the fuck did you bring him over there for it was just yeah like why did you go dummy or it's just like they're just fucking infantile like grow the fuck up man it's four days it's not oh, six God. months. You can't be sober for four days. Come on, man. Ric Flair kissing the ground when he got off. And, yeah. ah, ah, woo, woo. Oh, I'm president of the United States. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you think he was like that when he got over there and they started going through his luggage? You think he was like like old school Flair? Like, oh, no. Ah, no, God, no. You think he was doing that? I hope so. You think he was, any of them were trying to sleep with the uh, North Korean women that were terrified of them? <laughs> so, I don't know. Did you, did you guys ever catch the one where um, the guys go to North Korea to go snowboard? I think it's on Vice. Brandon? No, I didn't. Chris? No, see, like these guys went over the snowboard and at this beautiful resort that they built that no one uses because it's North Korea. And they basically just stayed out of trouble. They said it was weird. They said they were constantly monitored. They were there for like five days. They snowboarded and they got the hell out of town. They weren't trying to kill each other. Two Cold Scorpio was trying to kill people with sharp with a shiv. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. What? Yeah. What? Can you? <laughs> let me phrase this. How difficult is it to not? fuck up for four days that's unbelievable apparently it's very difficult in the 90s wcw the only two, sure it was yeah you know, yeah and, and think of the other ones that were there they didn't interview interview rick and scott steiner right um, uh bischoff went for a jog and thought he got his his person that was watching him murdered by the government because assassinated because he let him they let him outside i mean like <laughs> don't don't go jog yeah, can't you can just you do not, it for four yeah, days? Can you, can you not just do go it for four for, days? Just, just don't do anything for four days. Get your money and come home. Just jerk off. Four days of jerking off. That's all you got to do. I've been doing it for like three months straight now. Yeah. I've been jerking off nonstop since COVID started. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah, look. Flash. I've been doing nothing for 27 years. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been bored in my house for my entire life. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm trying to see if I have any more. Uh, Scott, Scott Norton just not being able to play pool at all and, and infuriating the North Korean military. They were, that so, was they were so pissed off. They started slamming the balls around, and he's like, oh, I'm going to beat this guy up. The fuck you are. You'll end up in a fucking ditch, you dumbass. Unbelievable. So, like he's in yeah, like some... Was biker bar and some the the bartender took the pool ball. I was like, dude, you're in a, a militarized dictatorship. <laughs> sit the fuck down, Scott. And how bad is he at pool that he skipped the fucking cue ball across the room? <laughs> yeah, that's like, what the fuck? What is he trying to do, like a, a trick shot, a masse or something? Have it flip off the table? Yeah. <laughs> <Give me> a break. 
that's how you, that that is the biggest telltale sign that they can't control themselves is because he basically admitted that he has no clue how to play pool to, to the point where he shot the cue ball into into so the lobby. I'm going to say one thing right now. The only reason Jimmy knows the term Massé is because there used to be an infomercial that was selling to teach you how to play pool. That's right. And we'll teach, we'll even teach you the Massé yep, it, it used to come on, on Sports Channel Philadelphia during the adverts uh, between hockey games. Yep. Uh, anything else to add about this uh, really weird episode? Chris, you liked this episode. I did not like this episode. I um, thought it was going to be a lot more informative than it was. It just informed me that wrestlers were morons again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't go as far as to say I liked it. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. Look, we watch wrestling, so there, it's a scale. There's a massive scale. There's hang yourself. And enthralled. And this was somewhere in the, I ain't turning it off, but I'm really kind of paying attention to it type yeah. thing. You know, I was actually, though, the the one thing about it was, is all I learned from that is that wrestlers, and we already knew this constantly, or already knew this already, that wrestlers are constantly just trying to make themselves, it's all about making yourself look good. Yeah, they want to be tough. Right? Everybody's got to be tough. That's the weirdest shit about, like, pre-current uh, pro wrestling is that they were like, in the business of making themselves really seem tough because you had to make sure that wrestling looked real. So they were worried about being perceived as legitimately tough instead of just right. doing what nowadays everybody does. They're fucking performance artists. Just be a performance artist. You shouldn't well, here, be any tougher than the guy that rides <laughs> the trapeze. Well, here's the other thing though. They, I mean, all right. So if you look at the wrestling mindset, that whole mindset of get yourself over looking tough, all this other stuff, you look at it. You had to do it less back then because nobody knew what the fuck you were doing once you left the arena, right? Nobody fucking knew. Now nobody cares. It's totally different. But it would be much easier to not play the tough guy role in 1995 than in 2021. You don't have to play it all the time. Now you would have to play it all the time. You can leave the arena and be whoever you want. Right. Most people aren't even going to fucking notice it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't get it, dude. It's, you know, drugs, drugs, booze, Korea, you know, drove them all crazy. Yep. Earl Warrior Hawk fell off a fucking lighting rig. You know, that, that's where <laughs> his career went. And uh, we'll I don't know what else to time. say. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I was just, I was, the one thing that was annoying me about this was just two called Scorpio. Oh my God. Like, you know, you know this dead guy. I punched this guy who's dead. Can't tell his side of the story. I beat this guy up. He came at me. He didn't hit that hard because, you know, he's dead. So he's got no argument here. Because the it? dead guy that I beat up, this dead guy, he's dead. Can't defend himself because he's dead. I'm like, just like, who gives a shit? Just say, oh, yeah, I guess they were like had to make it entertaining because they didn't have any fucking material for that right, show. Yeah. But it's like, you know, look, yeah, me and Road Warrior Hawk got into some incidents. And I almost tried to stab him with a chopstick. There's the story. Yeah. Not I'm so tough and the dead guy's a pussy. That was driving me nuts. He's fucking dead. You won. I fucking died. <laughs> Brandon got it. Yeah, I I wanted to say something about like all of <laughs> all of these in general, and I think to to be frank with you guys, I enjoy all of them because I, and I don't know if this is just me. Uh, I have no problem watching something in which the message of it is not what I agree with, 
but I can extrapolate on my own what's wrong and what's right while I consume it. So I can watch a Chris Benoit Dark Side of the Ring where I don't think the Dark Side of the Ring, I don't know, creators of the show try to paint him in a good light. But they will show you Chris Jericho trying to paint him in a good light. And then I'm smart enough to go, wow, Chris Jericho is also kind of fucking out of right, touch right. and an asshole because no, this no, is no, his I opinion. Get that. I get it that. It doesn't totally bother me. So to, in, with this specific episode, I was like, okay, how, how did the largest wrestling event in world history happen? Anoki wanted to basically make himself look like a international badass and put on this show. The Republic of North Korea forced 180,000 people into an arena and then eric bischoff made no money off of it and all of these wcw idiots got fucking hosed and treated like shit the whole time that's the full story and then the interactions between them will just show you how stupid they are that they got in this in the first place and how little how small their world is that they can't handle anything beyond like what's going on at the pool table and if someone tries to fight me at the pool table i'm mad and they completely lose sight of the fact they're in north korea every 15 seconds so it's like that to me is the, the the wrestlers talking is not the story. Me listening to these idiots talk and then extrapolating like, wow, this is I can see how this whole stupid thing came together is the quote unquote dark side of the ring. Right, right, right. No, good point. Yeah, understood. I um I just I'm, I the things I find fascinating about this. First of all, we get the Ricky Dozon story, which was pretty cool. Which uh, go watch it um, if you guys weren't aware of him like Japanese lesson legend North Korean Japanese legend but um their inability like these guys had no idea when they were told by the US government that we tell you not to go to this place do not go we advise you not to go don't go then when they go they're shocked that they shouldn't have gone yeah right. <laughs> like, they told you over and over again we will not be able to if you get in trouble we will not be able to get you out you might be screwed. You might be in prison for a very long time. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, pal, whatever, brother. Get that payday. Yeah, they get over there, and then there's no one on the streets. Everything's empty. They got to go take flowers to a grave and praise a dead emperor. And, you know, and the whole time they're just like, oh, this is shocking. I had no idea it would be like this. This is crazy. Listen, <laughs> say what you will about Hulk Hogan. They asked Hulk Hogan, and oh, he that said, was so good. nope. I ain't fucking going there. Yeah, I like uh, Bishop's impersonation was fucking spot on too. It was hilarious. Can't do that one, brother. <laughs> you can't so make good. that date. All right, so who's the star of the show? I would say it's definitely Two Cold Scorpio being an idiot. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent sharpening chopsticks. <laughs> and Scott Norton as well. A couple of guys you don't really hear from too often. You know, and the one thing about Scott Norton is, is that. Scott Norton came from the world of armless wrestling. Yes, he was a world-renowned arm wrestler. Yes. Arm wrestling has to be the meatheadest of all meathead things in the entire meathead universe, right? Like, I mean, that's it. Like, you know, that era, late 80s, early 90s, over the top, sliced alone, pulling his hat on backwards, driving a semi-truck city to city and arm wrestling with his kids sleeping in the back. Like that's kind of like based, obviously based on a true story. Yeah. He's based (laughs) on Scott Norton. It's obviously one of the most like weird meat heady 
alpha, fake alpha. I don't even want to say alpha as a positive thing. Like, just like, things you can fucking do. And that's where he came from. And it's surprising. It's not surprising that he was like, I want to play pool and they won't let me. I got strong arms. Hit this ball off the table. They got mad. I didn't go back to my room. I didn't fucking get it. Muhammad Ali ran up the steps, started shadow boxing. <laughs> and then the funny part is, here's the funny part. The one thing I always know when they do these, these um, whenever wrestlers actually punch, like he was doing him shadow boxing, he's never thrown a punch in his fucking right, life. Right, do those like And it's, you punches. see yeah. that you are not really, you can be tough. You can always be tough and not actually know how to fight. Uh-huh. But you can see right there that it's all smoke and mirrors. Your job is to look like a tough fighting guy, but you don't know how to, like, legitimately know how to fight. It's all the smoke and mirrors of pro wrestling, but they're all tough guys. But then they're like, oh, yeah, he was throwing up punches, and he was and he's throwing up little baby things, or his hands are coming out. <laughs> everybody does that, and it's like, whatever. No, but not everybody has to know how to fucking box, but you can see right there, you're so tough, you'll kick everybody's ass. You don't even know how to throw a punch. <laughs> Fantasy world you live in. How about Scott, real quick, how about Scott Norton uh, not telling his wife he was going to North Korea, and then when he finally got through to her, she's like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> and then he was mad at her because he thought she hung up the phone on him. Oh, my God. Brandon, go ahead. I thought I was partying with the guys. God. So <laughs> good. So funny. But, uh, I, it, Alpha, talk about Enoki basically pulled a heist on this one, and and. I'll tell you who never loses. It's it's Vince McMahon. There's one wrestling event of all time that's uh, had a bigger crowd than he's put on, and then you just find out, oh, how'd that happen? Oh, that you would be shot in the head if you didn't attend. That's how <laughs> that's how they got that many people. <laughs> Vince still looks like a genius. <laughs> all right, you want to wrap this up? Let's move along. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, love that. Oh, next up we have uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Which uh, I guess I guess A and E put out. They did a documentary on him, which I haven't. Ca- did you catch it, Brandon? No, but I was going to say I'm going to watch both and juxtapose them against yeah, each other. Side by very side. Like yeah, I think that's a good idea. Well, I don't know, uh, Brandon. You might have not have seen this, but Chris and I we had the DVD, I believe, of the Crazy World of. Oh, Chris, I think Chris is going to get it. The Crazy World of the Ultimate Warrior, which was the WWE okay. produced one, which was did not paint him well. Because they were mad at him. So they painted him into a fucking asshole. But now apparently, now that he's dead and his wife's involved, now they uh, they have him, you know, the, the, the A&E one paints him very well. And now this Dark Side of the Ring's going to come out and he ain't going to look so hot. And his wife is like, his ex-wife is like saying, this was, you know, uh, don't watch it. It's it's terrible. It's horrible depiction of him. <laughs> no, that that's his widow. Yeah, his widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. I mean, he's he doesn't what? have a wife anymore. He's dead. No, no, he's an ex-wife because he had. I think he has an ex-wife. Multiple wives. Okay, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like it's, it's sorry, it sorry. was Dana, the one that's currently involved with WWE, Dana Warrior. Yes, Dana. Because there's because there's a woman that Dana says something Warrior. during the promo from the from the on the commercial. That was his wife at the time, and oh wait, that's not Dana that's Warrior. That's not her. No, oh, that's fuck, I even oh, put it together. Yes. That's the other wife. Oh my right. god. That's why I wanted to correct you on that. Yes, one, thank you was, very much. It was, uh, yeah. it was his his ex wife. She's his widow. So yeah. he's there are multiple ones. I would assume. He left Jim Hellwick and he came home the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, yeah I love that. That was 
That's yeah. so good. I so I think this is a good one. We'll watch them both. Yeah, now, I've only watched one of the A&E docs, and, you know, it was the Roddy Piper one. Right. And um, Roddy Piper was who Roddy Piper was. He was just kind of nuts and very driven, but he was never like a horrible dude. That right. was always that that's always been the line on Roddy Piper. So that one was like not too slanted in one way or the other. Um, but I'm curious to see, because like you said before, they put out a DVD that basically shit all over the dude. Now they're like, oh, he's great. He's a Hall of Famer. We think he's great. He's great. He's great. And it's like, oh, God. Pick a side, WWE. Go ahead, Brandon. I forget. Uh, I just get a kick out of this with Vince. I forget what Ultimate Warrior did where he kind of fucked Vince over one or two different times. Please fill me in if I, if you remember what it is that Chris, he kind of got to fill over because I don't remember. Off the top it of my was um, I can't remember the uh, I can't remember the exact pay per view. It may have been SummerSlam, and he said he wasn't going to go out unless he got a ton of fucking money before he went out and did the match. Right, that's what so it was. Basically, held him up. Um, the thing. The, the thing with Ultimate Warrior going back was that, you know, you had Hulk Hogan was the face of the company and he was the biggest wrestler in the world. They see the Ultimate Warrior thinking the same thing. The Ultimate Warrior then kind of takes the reins off of Hulk Hogan so Hulk Hogan can do his outside of wrestling things. And he never really was. No, I mean, look, I don't even want to say I'll say he was popular, but he was never Hogan. You know we're fucking near it. It was also a shorter and time period that he was, was big. Yeah. So who knows what he would have been like in another year right. or two. So. But the issue ended up being a lot of the guys, from what I understand, a lot of the guys had a hard time fucking working with him. Mm-hmm. Rick Rude gotcha. hated his guts. Hated his guts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is a guy that, like, you know, um, I'll pull up a Rick Rude. Something, we'll find something good with Rick Rude for the Wrestling Rewind one week. But Rick Rude is one of these guys that, he is a fucking amazing heel. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't have a good fucking program with this dude, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, he's the ultimate villain, right? And they had big problems. He had big problems that everybody went up against, so. We'll talk about it more, See but I guys. just, uh, I get a huge kick out of Vince just never losing, and he's like, he kind of gets fucked over by Warrior, and he's like, well, I put out a DVD. So he says he's a piece of shit. We'll sell that. And he, yeah, like, he, like he, he, wants, he, wants, he wants to make up. And then he's like, well, I'll put him in the Hall of Fame. We'll sell that. Does, like, he doesn't care about you at all. Just like as an entity that he can say. Chris, go ahead. What would you say? No, I said he doesn't care. It's all about whatever can make him the most amount of money at that time. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Ultimate Warrior moment is when he jams a million cigarettes in his mouth for an uh, anti-smoking uh, campaign. <laughs> and he starts screaming, while ripping them out of his mouth, you know the Ultimate Warrior has a lot of bad habits. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Amazing! It's my favorite, one of my favorite promos of all time. Well, one of the greatest me? videos on on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's up there. Yeah. All right, let's move on. So Okada got COVID. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't. That's why he disappeared for a little while. Okada's got COVID. He's cured now. He's healed. It was in the news. It was it's a big deal, I guess. There was a a, a bunch of them. Did, did they? Did any other names come out? No. Um. Yeah, Okada's the only one I could think of that gotcha. came out. As, he came out and talked about it in the news. And, you know, basically doing a go get vaccinated, don't fuck around thing. So there you go. That's our New Japan news. 
They're thin, huh? They're they're thin on bodies right now. They have a program going. I still pay attention, but I don't watch it. But they have a program going where with this one young boy, because they have nobody, this one uh, young lion is wrestling everyone. It's he's like going for a trial, and he has to wrestle everyone on the roster. It, I mean, it seems like it's a little entertaining because depending on who he wrestles, he wrestles a different style. So if he wrestles someone that like spent time in Mexico, like El Desperado or something like that, I'm not I'm not saying that he did wrestle him, but if he someone of that style, then he wrestles like a lucha libre style. But he's a bigger guy. It'd probably be entertaining to watch, but I'm not. Who is watch. it? His name is uh, Suji. Okay. Yota yeah, Suji. That actually sounds cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got got a couple of his uh, NFTs on New Japan Collector. Nice. I I got rid of that app. <laughs> Really? Never, it spends a lot of time. It, yeah, it spends. A, it, it, that was a lot of bullshit. I, I, I didn't. I had to cut down some shit on my phone, but I, that was the one that didn't make the cut. I know one of my Marty Skrull. I was trying to trade you my Marty Skrull, but you wouldn't take him. I got. They're, they're doing something cool now. They for the one one point five year anniversary. Thank you. You can uh, take your your New Japan coins and enter them in to win a giant Hiroshi Tanahashi medal artboard. So I've maxed out my entries to win the metal artboard, and, and fingers crossed, it would. It's it's probably going to end up at uh, one of your guys' houses because I don't think uh, my significant other will take it in our <laughs> tiny apartment. So I have my um, own it, room. You can come over here. I'll put yeah. it on the wall. <laughs> if you're bringing it in my it's house, it's going to be a bidding war. Is it me- is it metal? Yeah, it's it's, it's a right. metal artboard. It's like one of those steel signs. Yeah. You bring it over to my house, you have to smash it over my back before you hang it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I watched so. the uh, I watched the Goodbye Hana uh, Kimura show. Fun show. Um, if you're a fan of Hana Kimura, go out of your way to do it. Uh, go check it out. A lot of fun. Definitely. I went to a show in Corgan when I was in Japan. And when they throw these anniversary shows or remembrance shows together, they're a lot of fun because they're almost like, they're out, outrageous. So they had this massive, like, 25-person battle royal that had all kinds of spe- people coming in and everything. And at one point, every all 25 people got hip-tossed by, I believe, um, Super Delphin. He hip-tossed everybody in a row. Everybody was rolling through the ring. It looked like drills. It was a lot of fun. I say go check it out. There's nothing really, like... It was emotional. It was cool. It was a good send-off. It was very upbeat. And then they did a 10-bell salute and had a video package and uh everybody cried but it was pretty cool yeah yeah it, it seemed emotional i was only watching those matches was emotional i like that they I, I didn't watch it but i do enjoy that they um like had made fun made it fun and not like this uh like i don't know it, it, it could be a lot sadder i feel like than it's you're the way you're describing it and uh i think that I've been watching a lot of uh, Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Confidential mm-hmm. lately, and and he uh, one of my favorite lines that I keep repeating now. He goes, he always yells at these people, "You lost the fucking plot." Right. And I feel like that happens a lot in pro wrestling. And at the end of the day, it's supposed to be an entertaining TV show mm-hmm. and uh, fun for everybody. It's not what's too cold Scorpio thinks it is. <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> don't don't lose the fucking plot. We're all here to have a good good time, right? Yeah, there was, the whole thing was so much fun. And then you get this big six, uh, eight-person tag at the end, and it's a bunch of people that Hannah was uh, friends with and mentored with, tagged with through the years. And I'd mentioned last week that these two girls retired from new, uh, from stardom, Hazuki and uh, Kagetsu. Well, they came back for this match 
to wrestle, which was a lot of fun. And then the match is over. And if you remember Vaney from the AW tournament, she goes by Asuka in, in Yeah, in yeah, Japan. she's great. She, she's over there, and she wins for her team. And then she challenges. She says, basically says, like, Kagetsu, you're in the ring, and you retired, and it's my only chance to wrestle you. You have to wrestle me now. So you get an Asuka versus Kagetsu, who could still – Kagetsu was one of the best wrestlers in the world. She had to retire early because of injuries. But, um, yeah, they had, like, a full 15-minute match on top of it. So you got like three full matches that were entertaining, and then you got an extra match at the end, and it got really emotional. Everybody was crying. And it was pretty cool. It was a very cool show. That's the kind of send off you need. You, you know, remind you what you do. It's in honor of you. You know, like, we're so used to a wrestler dies, they drag every member of the roster on stage, they do a ten bell salute, everybody's sobbing, and then we just go, ah, let's go about business. Here's fucking Braun Strowman again. This was more like, this is all fun. This is a good time. I think Cheeseburger, Cheeseburger was doing the announcing. It was Cheeseburger and uh, Ian Recaboni, who I guess, I mean, they did a good job. They just didn't know many people. They tried their best. But um, he had mentioned, I think there was 12 different feds were represented at the show, which is pretty cool. They just get everybody together. What Very does cool. that mean? Uh, like different federations. Oh, okay, okay. Like people from all over Japan feds, like... Uh, uh, gotcha, know, gotcha. You know, all over the place. And Super Delphin, my favorite. <laughs> Any questions, thoughts, concerns? Let's move on. No, nice. I'm glad to hear they handled that well. Sounds like a good time. I might check that out. Yeah. Now that I got your login. Yeah, you do. Also, um, Fight TV. Uh, yeah, you get to watch it multiple times. We had a problem. Like, I was worried whether or not I was going to be able to watch it. Cause I oh, okay. it I did watch it live, but I had to stop eventually because I had to clean the bar, but. Yeah, they, they, you can watch it a couple of times. I watch it again in the morning. So, yeah, Fight did TV you? Wasn't the worst. Good. Did you tear? Did you tear up at work in front in in front of customers watching? Oh no, I, I shit and pissed myself and cried in front of customers. <laughs> what are you gonna do? No, no, I I actually watched the end of it when I got home the next day, but I I, I didn't cry. It was okay. I made it. I just got a little. Her mom in the ring with the ten bell salute was pretty. Mm-hmm. That'll choke you up. Speaking of choking up, it's time for our retro. It is, what do we call this again? Wrestling Retro Rewind? Retro Review. Review. Yeah. Rewind. One of, the, one of those two things. So this was Brandon's Double choice. This is a good one. From January 4th, Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom Night, January 4th of 1999, on Raw, the infamous Rock, who was the corporate champion Challenge to a no holds bar, no holds barred match by mankind. No DQ, yeah. no DQ match by mankind. This is a lot of fun. Brandon, good. That's what I was gonna say. You know, like Chris too. Before I start, the main thing, the reason why I picked this and watch, I watched it two times. Isn't this? Wasn't it just kind of fucking fun for a, a Monday Night Raw TV show? This was a lot. This whole thing just seems so epic. I've got lots of notes, but let's talk about the match. All right. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, little things. The reason that I picked this, obviously, is because I, I felt like we spent an inordinate amount of our, our personal free time consuming these weekly TV shows and talking about poor booking, poor decisions, and, and uh, one-dimensional characters. So I felt like those things were really highlighted and how you can do them well here. Uh, not having these one-dimensional butthole characters 
Mankind gets punched out of the ring right away as this starts, and Ken Shamrock tries to get in a cheap shot, and The Rock immediately is like, hey, hey, hey. Like, like even the heel wants to have a, a fair match. He's got some pride here. So that's how you build a heel that you don't just always hate all the time because right. he has fans, and, and he's acting with some semblance of respect in within his match because he's not just – like I said, not just one dimensional. Uh, Can I chime in I real like, quick? We, yeah, go ahead. How about team the corporate team? How about the members of the corporate team? They're pretty amazing. Well, we had the head of corporate security, the big boss man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you keep going. Well, I remember Ken Shamrock, and yes. then the other the other ones were stragglers to me. Who else was it? Test. Test. Yeah. R.I.P. And Kane, Kane, who basically just corporate stood around. Kane. Corporate Kane, he didn't do anything. He just stood around. And Shane McMahon in a referee's uniform. Which we don't know why he was wearing a referee's uniform. Right. He used so to be a ref. Shane, back in the day. Yeah, but he wasn't there. I but think not, it was probably from something earlier in the show. <laughs> What's that? He didn't okay. work that night as well. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I thought maybe storyline, they were just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my son's now the ref. So he's going to wear a ref uniform. I don't remember the storyline. Yeah, he was probably been... refereeing a match earlier on that show. Yeah, as the corporate yeah. referee. Right. The corporate as referee, the yes, referee. Yes, yes, yes. He's the yeah. evil ref. Yes, yeah, I get yeah, what yeah. you're saying. But I just enjoy that he's just still wearing his referee outfit to not, to not referee just because he's he's doing his damn job. But uh, <laughs> I think he's with, the first talking... one to cheat for team the corporate <laughs> team too. He starts choking friggin' mankind. Go ahead. We're uh, we were talking a little bit about hardcore wrestling last week and uh, how it often feels like it doesn't work. Uh, I think it works specifically for Mick Foley here because it it actually feels like the right strategy for him. Uh, he, the the character that they paint here, his path to victory is to kind of grind it out. You know, he'll take five shots and give one back, but he knows in his head that he's going to take ten. He can take ten more than you can, ten times as many. So, uh, and I like that they admitted back then. I actually thought the announcing in this was pretty good. Cole and Gary the King, granted as much as we'll make fun of both of them, they. Being a hardcore wrestler is a bad thing in the mm-hmm. WWF at the time. Jerry's like, uh, he's like, he's stop saying he's a hardcore wrestler. He's an idiot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Jerry DeCain is actually that to very me, good in this match. And then that, to me, as a viewer, makes me go the opposite. And then I'm sympathetic to mankind because right. you're not making hardcore look cool. Uh, they sell the they sell uh, the WWF title at the time as like a child's dream, like being quarterback for the Cowboys or shortstop for the Yankees. I, I like that kind of stuff. Like make this feel like something special in mankind's life. Uh, I don't think that that happens enough watching so many title matches. Uh, and I love that both of these guys are, are so fucking talented that during the match, like mankind, he, he starts getting a little offense in. He, he goes through the table and then he picks the headset up off the ground and he's like, mankind's looking real good. <laughs> yeah, <it was> so- <laughs> That was after that was after The Rock was on, <laughs> grabs the mic and he goes, he's like, yo, The Rock is here. Hey, you look thirsty, mankind. You want some water? And he goes, and he takes a sip of the water. Mankind punches him, and, and, and or The Rock sprays the water all over the fans. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like, The Rock was so fucking good, man. They're just really in the moment. They're doing those things. The Rock bottom just being a mid match move he puts them through a table but they at no point did you think that was going to be the end of it yeah. and then uh one of the things that stood out to me when i watched this was having uh factions in a match we talk about this all the time in aew but not making it a faction match where it ends with 20 people in the ring and you don't know what the hell's going on ken shamrock 
uh, he comes in with the chair, cracks Mankind. He's about to win. By the way, Mankind pulling the sock out, the pop that the sock got. Oh, my got. God. The filthy sock, so, they described it as. Yeah. Chris, you got any thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, there's a couple of things I wrote down about this match because, like, this – so, like, first of all, you think about when this match took place. This was a pre-taped match. Yeah, it was before, and, it was, it was before Raw was live. Right. And – now, now, if you were watching, we all remember if you were watching uh, Nitro, they they blow it. Yeah, explain explain to the to the listeners. Go ahead. So, um, should I explain or should Brandon explain? This is Brandon's match. No, you match go ahead, here. Chris. Go ahead, okay. Chris. Go ahead. So, if you were most people were watching Nitro at the time, um, and if you were watching Nitro, uh, I don't know if Nitro was going three hours at the time or not, but Nitro they told. Shivani came on the air in Nitro and said to everybody, if you're thinking about changing the channel, don't. They're about to put the tight their title on uh, Mick Foley, who used to wrestle here as Cactus Jack. That should put asses in the seats. Yuck. That was the line. And everybody changed the channel to see Mankind get the fucking title. Yeah, they lost. And uh, they never came back. They lost uh, 750,000 viewers, I believe it was. Yep. Everybody changed the channel. How much? 600? Yeah, not to, the semantics, but no. Well, well we're going to talk about six hundred thousand viewers. In a bit. <laughs> and ahead. um, Go ahead, and uh, and uh, you know, Eric Bischoff to this day fully admits, like, yo, stupid, mm-hmm. like full of myself, and thought I knew everything and didn't realize what I was doing. Um, but the fact that it was a pre-tape, and if you didn't weren't watching Nitro, and the fact that it was a pre-tape, it came on the week before. They used to tape it that weekend, I think. Nobody knew what was happening. Mm. If you did that now, everybody would know before the show ended. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, one of the other things, uh, people forget the role, uh, how important a role Ken Shamrock played in that era. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place in that era. It wasn't like Ken Shamrock was in, because he never really won the championship. He had a few awesome feud with uh, Owen Hart. And they did it in that lion's den, which really didn't work that well. But still, I mean, it was like they had a good feud. He had a number of feuds with people. Uh, big feud with The Rock for a while. But people forget, like, it wasn't like he was some MMA guy that came over for a cup of coffee and left. Like, he I had so- nightmares about Ken Shamrock. They had to drag him out of there in his straitjacket. I thought he was legitimately, like, crazy. And, <laughs> and he might go off. He might blow his lid and hurt someone on my TV when I was watching this. At 10, like, eight, so. <laughs> he was he was a big part of it. Um, the other thing I noticed, because I was always a big fan, is fucking China. I mean, comes down to the ring. You forget, they glammed her up. You know what I mean? And they made her into, like, sexy China. Mm. But when she was fucking badass China, it was the best she ever looked she was oh, the yeah. best. Ca- I was the best character that she ever was when she was like the silent ass kicking machine. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, kind of got away from that and they tried to make her sex symbol China and she was in Playboy and they put her with Eddie Guerrero and all that stuff. But the fact that like to me, when I see her, it was legitimately believable that she could kick half of the guy's asses in WWE. Very, um, very large clitoris. Um. <laughs> Also, um, I let me tell you something. Just like, let me also, tell you something. Let me tell you move, I'll move on no, for no, that. No, no, no. Go ahead. One, one night in China. Admission time. Yes. When that Playboy came out, I ran to Tower Books to get it. Mm-hmm. Ran. But that was even after. That was a few, that was years after this. 
Um, and it was Tower right. Books. Dude. Nobody's going to talk about the fact that I went to Tower Books. Yeah, Tower Books. I never books. even heard of Tower Books. I'm, Tower I'm Books was, a... the, it was the bookstore that was connected to Tower Records. Yeah. Um, Nothing's ever dated yourself more than you admitting that you, you cranked your prick to a, a photo of China. A paper oh, version. No. I don't know. I don't know if I did. I think I just wanted to see it. Just go with um, the story. Yes, you did. That's not the story. Um, go with the yeah, narrative. Uh, I mean, photos. Photos never did it for me. It was always real life. I had to look at look at video. I should yeah, say it was hard. Back then. Yeah. Um, when he gives the difference is like when he gives uh, mankind a rock bottom on the table. They don't clear shit off that fucking table. No, man. He catches and that, that block-ass fucking uh, monitor <laughs> that they this just isn't, This isn't fucking uh, it's tablet. It's Panasonic tube this TV. Is, <laughs> this isn't tablets on the fucking table. This is blocky-ass fucking monitors. They look like one of those things, oscilloscopes with a line, the yeah, wavy yeah, line like, on them. That's I was going to say like. Geiger counter, but it's oscilloscope, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, there's a 10-10-220 ad during this. Uh, during the picture in picture, they show a replay. You know, they would do the replay and then the and then the live action the right. replay in the corner. There's a I 10, on 10... Oh, see, I watched it on 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 Peacock. Oh, there's I a... watch. Yeah, I watch it on YouTube too. There's a no, no, I did watch it on YouTube, but it was still there. It was just like you know, uh, almost like when they go picture and they, they they show the replay and the action at the time. Uh, what is 10, 10, 10, 10 Sponsor in the corner. Yeah, but what's it was 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 220 was what you dialed before you made a collect call. Oh yes, 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 yes. Ever. Yeah. 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 And now I remember it. I, I was thinking it was like a store or something when you first right. said that. No, it was ten, ten, two, twenty, and then they had a um, couple things. Uh, the Rock was in his uh, gynecomastia surgery recovery, so he's wrestling in the track, the track pants and the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. He wrestled the whole match in his track pants. I yeah, he did for a while. It was a couple yeah. weeks. He did that when he had the. She used to wear the shirt. And, I don't even uh, know about this. What? What he happened? Had, he had surgery for gynecomastia, which is essentially man boobs. Yeah, okay. And he continued to work while he was recovering. So if you there's like a month period during that time that he's wearing that short sleeve shirt that really right, the jersey. like nowadays nowadays you would never see anybody in a shirt other than their own. Mm-hmm. You know, like 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 let's like going to a concert and seeing the lead singer wearing the band. A shirt of his own yeah. band. It's pretty fucking lame, but that's what they do. Um, and you know what's funny? He sold the shit out of those the rock baseball jerseys too, probably yeah, because of that. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And um I remember this match, I forgot how it ended. Look. All right, let's wait till we'll wait don't talk about the ending until Brandon talks about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. And that's Brandon. all I got. I mean just all those differences that I you know, all the yeah, things we'll, so different than what there are what they are today. Right. We'll circle we'll circle back for the ending here, but I I I I just thought this was like constructed so well towards the end here. I really in, enjoyed this specific piece of it, and I it hadn't occurred to me until I watched this. The ring is a relatively small space, and when you're filming for television, you have that one or two angles of the ring that you can see well. And once you get more than like I don't know five people in there, you don't really know what the fuck's going on. So when you're gonna have something like this. I love that the big the, – you can see everybody – the tension is boiling with these factions. Shamrock goes in the ring. They break it up, and then you go right back outside the ring. Mm-hmm. And then you can get that great shot from outside the ring. You see Road Dog rocking Shamrock in the face. All this stuff's happening. Chaos is is ensuing. But it pulls you outside of the ring, and, and you're 
it's still just those two guys in there. And then you get like that incredible pop when you hear the glass break stone cold. We haven't talked about him too much on this show somehow in 26 episodes, mm. but how, how hot he was in, at this moment. Good Lord. I don't think you'll have like, this is in Worcester, Massachusetts on a Monday night and the place just it explodes. He comes out after Shamrock delivers that chair shot. He gets one back on the rock. He drags mankind on top of the rock for the three count. He should he be the champion? Probably. But this is how you make three people look good moving a belt around on a weekly TV show when you have to be putting hours of content out every week. And it's one of my big problems with the current shows where everything is about the, the reign of the champion. It's like this guy's held the belt for X amount of time. That doesn't matter, dude. This is a television show. It's mm-hmm. it's not Muhammad Ali being never losing or something. Uh yeah, you, you make three people look good. Mankind, we already mentioned he gets like the, a guy that got a pop for a, a dirty sock, gets his first championship. Perfect time to use that is on a big Monday night in a, a competitive spot. The Rock didn't really lose, so you don't squash him. Not that you even could squash him at that point in time. And then Austin, who, I mean, is a character who had some like thoughtful motives. He wasn't just this, this guy that just was like title, title, title. Had no problem taking down the rock, putting the belt on someone else, knowing that he'll get his in due time and just making the bigger point that he has control over what's going to happen on this goddamn TV show to the owner who's out there. And I love that at the end you see Vince acting furious, but you could almost feel like he just wanted to crack a smile. Like yeah. he's like, this is, this is a great goddamn TV. Like we nailed this at the end there. Um, he, Vince is, if you check Vince, he's like, he, he's mouthing it. You can't hear him. And he, I love when Vince says puke. He's like going, this makes me yeah. want to puke. Yep. <laughs> and yep. you could see yep. him saying it, and he drags out that puke. Fucking brilliant. This match is fucking yeah. amazing. Holy and shit. And I know, and just to, I'll say one last thing, and then you guys go. I know you guys have made the point multiple times, which I actually had to go rewatch to learn because I was a child at the time. A lot of these Raws were shit, and a, and a lot of each of these episodes were shit. But at this top chunk of the show these are the kind of things that you can do when you invest in in multi-dimensional characters that have multiple motives going on at once and then you could see them making multiple decisions and then the the creative excitement comes from seeing what they actually do uh and everything isn't a foregone conclusion where if you watch a lot of these shows today you know as soon as you see what the card is, you could probably walk through and stencil in 90 percent of the decisions that are going to be made because there's very few ulterior motives or or multiple storylines per character brewing like you got to get back to that man this got me this really got me excited in 15 minutes from a 22 year old video so Mm. you guys go ahead okay chris so yeah like when you said that i was going to tell you when stone i forgot how this match ended when stone cold you hear the glass break i still got excited on the wrestling show that was 20 some years old yeah i got goosebumps I got goosebumps. And then when you, back to what you were saying, too, the depth of character. Stone Cold comes out. He doesn't come out to help. He doesn't come out because he has any intention for the title or to help mankind. He comes out to fuck over Vince McMahon. Yep. The only reason he did what he did was to fuck like, hey, guess what? I'm not involved in this, but somehow I'm going to make sure you – I'm not winning, but you're going to lose either way. Because after he does it, what's he do? Gives him the double finger. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it was just, it was so good. And let me, I'll, I'll point something else, else out too. I noticed that whenever I watch any of these videos from that time. Now, first of all, we've talked about this, and Jim and I have talked about this. When you look at wrestling in that era, 
you had two shows on the TV. And the best way to explain WCW was an amazing undercard and shit main events. And WWE was pretty much a shitty undercard full of stupid ass shit and awesome main events. Right. It were like the complete opposite of one another. And when you look at the crowd, there is nobody sitting there in the front row because and he's, that's too cool to fucking cheer. Everybody is going ape shit. They're completely invested. The entire crowd is completely invested, whether they like The Rock or they like Mankind. They don't fucking care. They are fucking having a good up time. on their feet with their signs and screaming and cheering and high-fiving. And that's fucking, that's what this is supposed to be about, man. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, and somewhere along the line, I don't know if it's the people that end up with those front row seats or it's the, or it's just the storytelling is so bad that nobody cares. Um, but I'll be honest with you, other than, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, uh, before WrestleMania 30, I can't think of anything in that era that has even come close to matching that, to matching that one match. Right. Just the energy. Just the energy of that one match. And I, I like this because it's not the attitude. It's not because someone was doing doing middle fingers and it's like a lot of time that era can get wrapped up in like oh it was so popular because they were so i don't know raunchy or something what this this wasn't necessarily that it's just like this is how you tell a, a, a story dude yeah it's fucking brilliant well let me let me just say one more thing think about what you're watching you have the rock right he behaves like an arrogant jerk off he's the bad guy you have the you have mankind who essentially is a crazy person and essentially a loser lovable like loser he's yeah. a lovable loser right and then you have the third party that gets involved stone cold who's the everyman who's the working class hero right but you notice that the rock as the arrogant jerk snarky jerk off who runs his mouth constantly is now the baby face in WWE. Mm. Today, that's how the good guys behave. And I don't know, and I said it before, I'll say it again. I don't know if this is something that I'm missing because I'm old and that's the way heroes behave with a younger crowd. But, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. And when you look at it, it worked forever. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you get to 2021 and they've kind of flipped what that heel or that baby face is. And it don't work. Yeah, I don't think it works either. I don't think that there's any baby face that has behaved like that. And I think we can only I can only name two off the top of my head right now. Um, and they were Roman Reigns as a baby face. He doesn't even behave like that as a heel anymore. Roman Reigns is a baby baby face that, for a number of reasons, I think, not to get into all of them, people fucking reject it. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling when these crowds come back, Drew McIntyre comes out, it's going to be a lot different than what we're hearing with the pumped-in crowd noise. Yeah. I think it's going to be – I would not I, – I, I'm not calling it, but if you get a uh, – his, you hear the bagpipes and you get the same reaction as when you heard Roman Reigns' music – I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. It probably won't, but if it does, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think it'll take a little bit for. I think people will be too excited to be live yes. at first. Too excited to be there. Give it six months, like everything in WWE fan base. After six months, they'll hate it, or you know, 
it, you'll catch wind that suddenly that it's the cool thing to do is to hate this person yeah. and then everybody yeah. starts He's, suit. Go ahead. That's specific, Drew McIntyre specifically is in a weird spot where I don't think he's going to draw booze or applause. It's just going to be the lack of either. That's that's going to be his problem. I don't I don't think I don't think that people hate Drew McIntyre. They're just like he's okay. Fans, I don't and I don't know. But just no, I think you're right on that. I think that's a no response, which is worse than a boo. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you don't boo, hey, we can't even turn him fucking heel. Yeah, Baron Corbin. But I I spend a lot of time watching AEW and and thinking about AEW and what's not connected with me as someone that wanted to like this when it came out. It's like you could replace this exact storyline and take The Rock and replace him with Kenny Omega, take Mankind, replace him with Eddie Kingston, and then take Stone Cold Steve Austin and replace him with Adam Page. Or John Moxley. And t- or John Moxley right. and tell that a exi- uh, very similar story, and it would it would land. But when you the guy that's in the exploding death match is is Kenny Omega, um, and I'm like I don't know why you need to be in this. It doesn't make any sense. But if Eddie Kingston drags him into that because that's Eddie Kingston's path to victory as the guy that looks like a plumber with a gut and Timberlands on, then that makes me feel something and even if eddie kingston loses and kenny omega defeats him at his own game that would tell a story but the 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 way that they pinned they they do things in AEW, it's like the objective of the match style and the wrestlers personalities they don't build into anything where mm. I, six months ago I, I watching this in december versus watching these characters in may that have the, have their personalities really changed at all do they have they um evolved do they have any more depth to them <laughs> i don't think so no yeah well we'll talk about aw in a minute let's, let's stick to the topic <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry, gonna, sorry no it's okay but we're gonna we're gonna talk more about aw in a couple of minutes so let's save that a couple of things that i noticed about this back to go to the uh the uh um, rock and mankind match um there was a sign for wrestlenet.com i looked it up it doesn't exist anymore are you surprised no. Wrestle, WrestleNet.com. I don't know if it was Wrestle.net, but maybe I typed in the wrong. Maybe no, I no, put, no. Maybe saying. I had to put in the HTTP, HTTP at the front of it. I forgot. Owens backslash backslash. Also, um, yeah. this uh, at one point the uh, Jerry Lawler says this match isn't gonna end in some kind of schmaz, and Michael Cole goes not like the other league. Which is kind of weird, right? Like, we're going to start, like, it's such a strange thing. I know that WCW was doing it and WWE were both going back and forth, but such a weird fucking world it was at that time where you're, like, openly battling on television. I, I Can I mention another schmoz that I noticed now that you mentioned Jerry Lawler and weirdness and schmozzes? Mm-hmm. the fuck was with his hair? Oh, the, the king hair. That. That King, I never, like, I noticed it, of course, back then, but I never, I never looked at it as a 45-year-old man. Yeah, he was, it's, I guess it's supposed to look like he's from the Middle Ages. Caesar mullet? Yes. <laughs> Caesar mullet. Like, it's, it's, but it's like, it's, what ter- it's he was, Caesar mullet. It's a Caesar mullet. <laughs> Caesar mullet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a clever I, name for it, but I can't. I can't ever remember liking him like there was no shark to be jumped that was like he was good before this happened 
I always thought he was a fucking asshole. Well, you know, he was a baby face in Memphis, so it's like... He was a baby face in Memphis and always a heel, I think, everywhere else he went. Yeah. Because so, even mean, though he kind of... You watch yeah. his old videos with Andy Kaufman, they're great. I, I was just yeah, going to say... Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, when I really actually started to like him was that Andy Kaufman documentary when mm. when Jerry Lawler like acted really heated and sold the shit out of the Andy Kaufman thing and and uh like actually like actually slapped him on TV and he's like that's what you that's what you needed to do to take this goofy Andy Kaufman thing to the next level mm-hmm. that plus my my childhood adoration of just everything WWF mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed him in this and and I probably have a weirdly soft spot in my heart for this asshole <laughs> <laughs> go ahead all right any last thoughts on this match should we move on I think we can move on. Definitely go out of your way to check this out. It was fucking awesome. Chris, you're up next. What do you got for yeah, us? I'm di- Anything I'm before, digging before uh, the King of the Ring, 1996, I believe? Come yeah, on. I'm digging into crates for this one. Go for it. All right. So uh, I mentioned earlier this in the podcast uh, that I watched the Roddy Piper documentary on A&E. Uh, and we... As like, you know, you and I, Jim, mm-hmm. when we really started getting into wrestling was right around WrestleMania one. And I don't think even though we got some great Roddy Piper, then it was mostly outside of the ring. And we didn't really see the Roddy Piper wrestling with um, uh, Briscoe on WCW on Saturday nights on TNT or TBS because we didn't get that in Philadelphia. So I dug. And I went to November 24th, 1983, in the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Starcade. Roddy Piper versus Greg the Hammer Valentine in a dog collar match. This thing is fucking brutal. And it just shows how Piper's character, when he was a babyface, was always, I'm not that good, but I will outfight and I have more heart than anybody out there. So this is on um, Peacock. Is it? Yeah, it, 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 you just it, it'll take you a sec to navigate your shit menu to find it, but it is on there. I think I went through like if you scroll down, it's like with the all the specials, like every special, you just gotta hit select view all. And uh, Starcade's on there. It's the first one. Uh, it's the first Starcade. Um, it comes in about the 12 minute mark. I think there's about three matches. Check out the people that are in the first two matches or the first three matches. <laughs> you got some serious. The, the first match, a tag team match. It's got, got both. Up. It's got both the mask assassins. Who do they wrestle in the first match? Because I forgot to write it down and I was laughing my ass off. Rufus, Rufus Jones and Bugsy McGraw. <laughs> God, just watch that for five seconds, man. You'll see where we're at in wrestling history. Um, the assassin, also, assassin one and assassin two yeah, the with assassin, Paul Jones with Paul Jones, and you have um, a tag match with a very very young Kevin Sullivan, which I thought was funny. Not not that you should watch those matches, but just when you're scrolling through it, if you get a chance, just hit play for a couple seconds. But I think it's on the 12 minute mark, I believe this uh, this match, and it is uh, it's pretty brutal. So give it a look. Awesome. 
Just for a little additional context for for any younger listeners, Starcade essentially Dusty Rhodes created the first version of a pay per view wrestling event before WrestleMania, correct? Mm. Yeah, well, it wasn't pay per view; it was a closed circuit. Closed circuit, so you had to go to a stadium to watch it or a venue to watch it. Yes, there was there was there was no pay per view. I think the first pay per view was WrestleMania three. I, I, as far as WWE goes, maybe some, maybe somebody else got in there before there, but I don't think so. But I think we had made it all the way to 1988 before pay-per-view became a thing. Mm. So I think that was the first one that was available on pay-per-view. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we had to wait for it to come out in the movie, like uh, the video store to watch WrestleMania 2, if I remember yes. correctly. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. So there you go. I'll never forget. I woke up in the morning for school and our stepfather was watching the video. And I could hear Elvira screaming, he's using his head as a stepping stone. When I was in bed at like seven in the morning, because Hogan was stepping on King Kong Bundy's head while he was climbing out of the cage. Amazing. And we we will never review that match. No. Maybe maybe we will. will. You never know. Pay me. We'll be on. Maybe we'll be on. We'll be doing this podcast for so long. We'll we'll run out of wrestling matches to talk about. (laughs) I hope. I, one can only hope. Uh, this is Coco you, Beware versus uh, Johnny K9 from Wrestling Superstars, March 6, 1987. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a squash match, but I ain't got nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> he is Dave Meltzer, and these are the Meltzer Files. All right, um, I'm go scrolling through some Meltzer news. I'm just trying to find the specific one. Now, it's not really news. It's just something that came up. Now, you know, of course, the Meltzer said what Twitter account is amazing. I use that for all my research to find out the weird shit that Meltzer Yeah, shout said. out to those guys. That's an awesome Twitter follow. Yeah, it's amazing. So um, he posted something from – I want to find the exact tweet because I want to find out the date. Okay. So it was from – it looks like January 1st of 2014. So Meltzer was talking about WrestleMania 1. All right. I'm going to play a little game with you guys. I didn't want to tell you. I didn't want to spoil it ahead of time. Oh, no. So WrestleMania 1, he claimed – Meltzer claimed that WrestleMania 1 was the biggest hype job. Hype job. Hype it up, I guess. Talk it up. Since World War II. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Now, of course, I have to define this because he doesn't give you a definition. So does that mean biggest hype job, meaning that are we talking about Hitler hyping up his troops? Are we talking about the United States hyping up and going to, you know, like Pearl Harbor, going to fight the Japanese? I was unsure what hype job means. Do you guys have, do you have any ideas what hype job means? Give me an idea. What do you think, Brandon? First of all, this is the the murky area where Dave Meltzer <laughs> exists and will will box out of at all times because this vague, non-existent term that he has sort of created gives him the free will to to then counter and go, well, I don't think you understood. Yeah. Hype job. Defined hype job. <laughs> when I say hype job, I mean X, Y, and Z. But when I imagine a hype job... I would say something that uh, 
I, my first thought is overblown, right? Like it's got to be something that was overblown built up or, to be. or built. I think built up, like promotionalized. Like, yeah, I don't okay. even think. I don't think. I mean, look, he's capable of a lot, but I really, really would like to think that Dave Meltzer isn't capable of saying that World War II was overblown. Yes. <laughs> well, well, when you when you tag. When you, when you got a prefix and a suffix, hype is the prefix. Then you tag job as the suffix. Right. That immediately, right. immediately papoos the integrity of the event. Right. 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 right, right, right. <laughs> so World War II was a bunch of bullshit, but man, they hyped that up really well. All right, so I'm gonna play a little game, with you guys. I'm gonna name some things, and I want you to tell me: Is it a bigger hype job than WrestleMania one? Okay, we're going to go through the years, and then we're going to get to WrestleMania 1, which, Chris, do you know off the top of your head what year WrestleMania 1 was? 85. 85. So we'll get to 85, and you tell me, yes or no? Yes, meaning it was a bigger hype job than WrestleMania. We'll see how accurate Meltzer is, and I'm going to go through this list. Ready? Starting with item number one. Mind you, these are all off the top of my head. I've been known to be called a bit of a history buff. So I'm going to go through some historical things, and we'll talk about it. So we'll start with, first off, Hype job, I think hyping things up, building up some steam and getting people in a fervor. The McCarthy hearings, bigger hype job than WrestleMania 1. McCarthy hearings was Senator McCarthy blaming people and calling them all communists. Had the whole country in a fervor over communism. Brandon, bigger hype job than WrestleMania 1. I'm going to go yes. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, the Red Scare... The Red Scare is what it is, but uh, Mr. Exists. T wasn't there. So. Yeah, Mr. T was not there. So you were saying, yes, it was a bigger hype job. McCarthy. <laughs> no, no, McCarthy. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? you think McCarthy or, or uh, WrestleMania? Yeah, better dead than red. I'm going to go with uh, McCarthy, the McCarthy hearings, bigger hype job. Okay. I'm also going to agree. I know it's a little bit of a stretch <laughs> to think that WrestleMania would be a less of a hype job than uh, blacklisting people through Hollywood and dragging people into courts <laughs> over some on imagine, television <laughs> over some imagined infiltration by the Reds. All right, next up, bigger hype job. You ready? The "I Have a Dream" speech by Martin Luther King. You think that was a bigger hype job than WrestleMania one? Chris, go ahead. This is very dangerous territory, so watch your watch what you say. <laughs> I'm laughing at how dangerous it is. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, fuck it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking riding at lightning. WrestleMania was a bigger hype job than the I Have a Dream. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, explain. Okay. Explain, your, explain why. Go ahead. Um, oh, because I know it's a horrible thing to say, and uh, I feel like being an asshole right now. No, of course not. Let's go with Let's go with the I Have a Dream speech. It's the. Uh, it was was definitely more of a hype job than WrestleMania one. Yes, yes. Uh, civil rights. Biggest civil rights job. Biggest hype job. Biggest hype job. Have we, uh, I, just to pause here, have we defined hype job? No, no. we have no idea. What, what, what does no it mean? Idea. What does it mean anything? The Meltzer didn't define it, so we're just trying to go. I'm thinking someone that hypes up the crowd, gets everybody excited for it. Well, then, yes, I would say the civil rights movement was a bigger hype job. Oh, you really think so? They, I mean, by a smidge. But, <laughs> it's a terrible tightrope right here. All right, one I one I forgot about. I sorry, I skipped it. Uh, mind you, I didn't write these down. I'm just thinking of them. The Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show, bigger hype job than WrestleMania one. What do you think? I'll let Brandon go first this time. 
Oh God, the Beatles on on Ed Sullivan. I, I'm going to go WrestleMania one. You got to you got to uh, put it behind a paywall to get that the full hype job stance in my version of a hype job. Chris, what do you think? Chris, what do you think? <laughs> well, I was going to I was going to go with I was going to go with the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, but you know, Brandon brought that paywall up. I may switch everything to uh, to WrestleMania one. Yeah. 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 You're talking about paywalls now. It's we've got a totally different category here. Yeah, you create your own definition of a hype job. Yeah, hype job. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Ed Sullivan show. You could watch anyone could watch that. You had you can watch that on a TV when there wasn't even color on your TV. I mean, you you, had to physically pay to go sit in a stadium and watch a screen with WrestleMania one on it. You could walk down. There was no special delivery Jones. You can no SD Jones. No. You could walk. No Matt Bourne. You could walk down to the local appliance store and watch the Eagle of the Eagles, the Beatles on on uh, Ed Sullivan <laughs> through the window with the rest of the neighborhood. Go yeah. down the main street. How much of a hype job could it be if a goddamn Sears is showing it on the TV, right? Yeah, right. right. Black and, and white. Sears, black and white squiggly line. There's eight Beatles because everything's in double. Okay, um, how about... Last couple ones coming up here. I think everybody gets the point at this point. We'll make this the last one. How about the Vietnam War? Bigger hype job than WrestleMania 1? Chris, go ahead. No, I'm going to go WrestleMania 1 on that one. I agree. Brandon? Unanimous. The point of this whole exercise was that we named, I named off the top of my head, five different things that were quote-unquote bigger hype jobs. And Dave Meltzer has no fucking idea what he's talking about. I'm glad you enjoyed playing along. Did you enjoy playing along, Brandon? Yeah, that was a that was a fantastic um, exercise. I almost want to pull up other other events and just see if they were bigger hype jobs. But I'm I'm scrambling right now, so we'll see. Go back to me. We'll see if we can go a little bit more obscure and see if that's a bigger hype job. Just to just to hammer home the point that this guy is that tasteless. Mm-hmm. Chris, what would you think? What do you think? Um, well, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still, week, I'm still, I'm another week of the melts. I'm, I'm still uh, trying to pull the nose up from even making mention that WrestleMania was more of a hype job than the civil rights speech by Martin Luther King. Uh, How about Watergate? Yeah, I have a dream speech. Watergate, I, I, Watergate was on the tip of my tongue instead of, um, Vietnam, but was that really a hype job though? It was like a crime. Yeah, it there was no hyping hype. up the crowd, right? Yeah, there was no hyping. There was up no the crowd. crowds. Vietnam had crowds of people dying, <laughs> dying in war Horrible. and protests. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. How, how about this one? The, the 1972 Olympic uh, uh, heist, Munich? the Munich massacre. Um, I think uh, that goes along the same lines as uh, Watergate. I mean, that kind of happened. Right. It's, it'd be like saying, you know, Malcolm X being shot. Yeah, kind Although of these all, since we don't know the definition of hype job, these it's all are greater hype. If we define it job. as hype job, they're all greater hype jobs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm losing. I'm losing the, the plot here. Yes, yeah, you are. We lost the plot. All right, let's move on. Chris, it's NXT time. Go ahead. Yeah, it's NXT time. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. NXT for the first time, and uh, since really since we've been doing this podcast, has it was a little blah. I agree. It was. A little boring. Yeah, I mean, look, once again, not a bad show. 
You know, I mean, if you watch it, you didn't waste your time watching it. Can you remember any, like off the top of my head, I can't remember anything about the show. Uh, the big thing that stands out to me, and it's a shame because something actually did happen, but the biggest thing that stands out to me is Tony Storm murdering Zoe Stark. Oh, Other than that, finisher. The finisher is fucking amazing. Fucking finisher. Yeah. Brandy, what'd you think of that um, finisher? Didn't think anything of it. I, I popped my head in for my my boy Grimes and uh, the title match. That was it. Was the finisher a bigger hype job than um, Pol Pot in Cambodia? Yes. Yeah, it was a bigger hype job. Continue, Greg. Um, we need to see more Tony Storm. Um, Cameron Grimes loses to Jake Atlas. Why does he lose? Ted DiBiase. Yep, he showed up and said <laughs> his music played and Cameron Grimes lost his shit. Yeah. No, then, come on, no. I like, I like them chasing him out to the limousine and that the limousine door wasn't actually closed, so he kept pulling it open. <laughs> I can imagine Vince McMahon, or not Vince McMahon, um, well, he basically is the character of Vince McMahon, DiBiase holding, trying to hold the door shut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, rah, 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 rah. But the fact that the one thing I did notice was that DiBiase said, driver, let's go. Doesn't DiBiase know his driver's name? I mean, he's a million dollar man. He doesn't have his own driver all the time. He doesn't call people by their names, just their titles, I guess. But I will tell you this. All right. So Cameron Grice comes out to the ring and he plays. I don't know why everybody likes Ted DiBiase. Here's um, a uh, he shows a montage of all. Ted DiBiase showing his ass. Yes. Okay. Ted DiBiase was fucking brilliant. Yeah, he was. When you watch that all in one, like, short little thing, you saw the fucking brilliance of Ted DiBiase. And they also showed him kicking the basketball out of a kid's hand, yeah, which always. is quite possibly the <laughs> yeah. greatest thing to happen in wrestling history. Yeah. I fucking love that. One thing, one thing I noticed, and I remember when we were kids and we used to watch it, we always laugh about it because we would do it with our hair, was when Ted DiBiase sold talking or screaming when he was just in his wrestling tights, he shook his head a lot because he had this like big cloth of poofy, yeah. poofy hair, and it used to shake like crazy when he talked. It was fucking amazing. Brandon, thoughts on the Ted DiBiase uh, situation? Yeah, I mean, I I tried to to uh, shoe iron this in last week and and embarrass myself, but I I want to say how much I love this because, and I believe this to be true. I don't know this to be true, but uh, I put my money on the fact that knowing how WWE shows are written, even NXT, I don't think anyone in that writing room went Cameron Grimes. I'm thinking you would go well with Ted DiBiase. I have a feeling that Cameron Grimes forced this upon the WWE and is making something out of thin air that I think is fucking hilarious and funny. And he got the Ted DiBiase basketball kick back onto TV. So I I love it, dude. Well, you know, you know, these guys all live in Florida. A lot of them do. If you know, and a lot of them end up down there all the time, like the old timers. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys met each other and was like, dude, we got to work together. Like, you know what I mean? Kid, like, I, I think I, that's what I happens. I saw your gimmick, uh, kid. We're, uh, we should do some we shit. We should do something together. Yeah. And they, they I just, it gets on TV. But that was definitely not, I could agree with you, that was definitely not done in a writer's room. Right. No way. I just mean, this like, is Okay, so what we'll take... do is, 
once you're done building that that giant jacking the box for Mania, I want you coming back here and work on a fantastic thing with Cameron Grimes making money off a of Dogecoin or Chris, whatever I, the hell Chris, it is. Chris, I got to correct you. It was a box-like structure. Don't call it a box. It's uh, box-like structure. <laughs> Create this box-like structure. And then you're going to lose a battle for an NFT to, to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> That's right. He was the guy with the money. Pretty good. I, I do, I'm, a, I'm a fan of someone taking control of their own life, and I feel like that's what's happening here. Cameron Grimes is taking control of this situation and making sure it doesn't flop. That's what I like. Yeah. Yep. That's what we get I, out of Bailey every week if, if we watched every week. But Bailey, exactly. she owns every friggin' segment she's in, even if the segment sucks. <laughs> you can't – you can't um, – how do I say this? I always talk about being undeniable, and these guys put themselves in a position in which you can't deny them, and that's the way you have to be. Yeah, and I listen to it like I, – I realize that I've heard you, you put the thought into my mind, and I listen to a lot of those like Broken Skull sessions just because I enjoy Steve Austin. And they talk about that time and time again. Whoever he, he has on, they discuss that specific topic of earlier in their career, this idea was shit, but I knew – that I was going to make everything possible that could happen for me happen with this X amount of minutes. And that's how I lifted myself out of that situation. Gold dust is still wrestling. Yeah. Jushin Thunder Liger had the stupidest gimmick when he started and turned yep. into a fucking legend. Yep. Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. All right. So in the uh, most uninteresting match I've seen in quite a while. Bronson Reed defeated Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship in a steel cage that it took him a week to build up to, and the only word I could use was blah. Yeah, I found this terribly boring. I, I mean, I wasn't excited Extremely for boring. it. I really don't no. care. I mean, nope. I, I guess they have to establish new stars in NXT. This screams that Johnny Gargano is leaving. Yeah. I mean, I hate to see the way... Oh, I hate to see the way break up. By the way, those fucking segments at the massage. Yeah, bottle. they were they were good. Her her. <laughs> so what happened? They were in the massage parlor. It was. They were treating um, themselves because they won the title. Yeah, so, they went so to the it, massage was, parlor. it was Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, and they're getting massaged and they have cucumbers over their eyes. Because mm -hmm, so uh, you know conveniently yeah. they can't see what's going on. They can't see what's going on. And they're basically, she's basically getting her, she, 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 her, she, her, and they are doing this to them. <laughs> uh, Candice LeRae is, is kind of steering uh, Indy Hartwell into bad-mouthing Dexter Loomis. And the camera pans up and Dexter Loomis is the one doing the massage. And he was great because he walked off all sad. Sad. He got that sad. That was great. Right. He got sad and he left. And then later on, they figured out that it was Candice LeRae who sent the flowers yes. to the um, tag team champions. Do you want me to tell you how? I'll tell you how. Yeah, what was it? Please, because so I, I, I tuned out probably. Candice, Candice LeRae. It was a two-part segment, so they cut away yes. after after Dexter Loomis left, sadly. Then they continued on, and um, she had to pay for the massages. So she takes oh, the credit card. Okay. She gives the credit card to the girl who looked like local talent number 15. They hand her the credit card, and she goes, oh, yeah, it's been declined. Um, some charges. And, oh, oh, it must be Austin Theory. You know, he likes to buy things. They're like, no, which is this doesn't happen in the real world, which was very stupid. No, we. it shows your credit card shows that you bought flowers a couple of weeks ago, and it was the flowers that got sent to 
Um, okay. Um, yeah. Being in a somewhat retail world, when I swipe somebody's credit card, their past transactions don't come the fuck up. No. This is like <laughs> really – like, look, Doesn't work I get that it. Way. We get to the end game, which is fine. But you know what? To fucking put some effort into it. Yeah, like this uh... – <laughs> things the fuck out and i'll be honest with you i think i glazed i think i was actually physically staring at the tv when this happened and i just missed it because mm-hmm. i was kind of glazed over yeah <laughs> which happens a lot watching wrestling you just but, kind you of know, shut down but with, with indy hartwell you thinking that indy hartwell is going to find out that candace LeRae bought these flowers but she doesn't piece together that it was a setup she right. says well, Dexter didn't do it, so he still loves me, and she runs yeah, off. Yeah, runs off. Yes, that was fun. There, there. She's excellent. Also, uh, Saray was not on the Hulu broadcast. I had to look up her match. Oh, she, yeah, she wasn't on the Hulu. She is on the um, the Peacock. The title sequence, which is which oh, is that's cool. They've moved, her, they've moved her into the, the into the opening. So. Yeah, she she has a new um, uh, video pa- video that comes down when she comes to the ring and everything. So they're they're, they're putting they're some, fleshing her out. Yeah, and they're putting some hope behind her too, which is yeah. good for me because I love her and I want to see her succeed. But uh, yeah, I, I noticed she does do some still some Joshi things that Vince will, or the training system at at NXT will iron out of her. Right. Clapping her hands to hype up the crowd, raising her arm up and saying "Ikosa," which means "Let's go," which is like a wrestler, it was a women's wrestling thing. They'll iron it out. She's gonna be better. She faced Aaliyah and she beat the living shit out of her. Again. Oh yeah, I did. I did see that in like the uh, like I just kind of went through, or I may have see, seen it on uh, social media. Yeah, I had to. I had to. Show. Yeah, it wasn't the show. I had to seek it out through YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little disappointing this episode. We've been. I mean, I guess you're going to hit a dud every once in a while. Yeah, and if this is the worst they're going to do, it's still watchable. Still watchable. It's not so, like what? Well, yeah, the biggest thing that we had a problem that I had a problem with was. That fucking credit card statement being called. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yes, I, I have to inform you that uh, this thing that I am not capable of in any form of real life, I'm capable of here. And uh, yeah, you, uh, I could see your last transaction and you <laughs> bought flowers and now your credit card doesn't Weeks work. Weeks ago. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Oy vey. All right, let's move well, on. Whatever, now. we got to the end game and it was yeah. fun. What do we have coming? Oh, we got big matches coming up next week or this week. Big matches next week tonight. or this week. Actually, tonight, uh, Finn Balor and Carrion Cross. Very nice. I, I don't think we mentioned this. Was it less this week or two weeks ago where they had a video package that built it up like it was a fucking prize fight? It was pretty cool. Yeah, like it was a there was like a sit down interview and they were watching the original fight. It was it was this past week, last week. Yeah. Um, they watched the um, the. Uh, the original, they watched the first bout. Yeah, but they, they built it they like it was. They went through everything that happened and what they were thinking while it happened. That was pretty which cool. Was, which was kind of cool. Um, very, sports, but, uh, very sports vibe to it. It was very good. Well, yeah, they should have just had Adnan Verk interview them and it would have been pro sports all over the place. <laughs> like, what did he think? Did he think they weren't going to go back on the fucking road as soon as they can? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Jesus Christ. I think they offered him more money and he would have quit his job if it went well and it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on to he's, AEW. Yeah. I was just going to say, he's probably not used to having somebody chirping in his ear everything he has to cover while he's doing commentary for baseball. Right. 
So let's move on. All right, AW, Brandon, you're up. Okay. Using uh, the plot of last week, we got the good and the bad, right? Let's try this yeah, again. Let's start with the good. Go because we don't want to just shit on it the whole time. And uh, the, ba- the bad kind of weaves its way throughout. So with, uh, not going chronologically. The good, Serena Deeb and Red Velvet. This was very fun. This was a good match. I, um, I, I have in my notes Ted Velvet. I don't know if that's her husband, but I wrote Ted Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> got Red Velvet, Ted Velvet. And Deeb, who was, uh, they announced, I was wondering why she wasn't on the show. She had some kind of arthroscopic knee procedure done, but she's back now. And she's took that time, I guess, rehabbing to sort of reinvent herself. She's a little bit more malicious than she used to be. She used to come, I was feeling that, a little heel. She used to come off as this just like, uh, I don't know, respectable wrestler. It's at the NWA. You just wrestle your ass off and whoever wins, wins. But she's a little more malicious here trying to destroy Red Velvet's leg throughout the match. Uh, it was pretty fun. I don't have too much else to say about it. The near fall by Red Velvet got a, a decent pop. Good to see. And Deeb had to uh, t- put her in the submission two times to finally get that tap out. Was Red Velvet was undefeated. <laughs> so, good time. <laughs> I um, uh, the, the NWA women's title looks like a toy. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It looks like it's legit made out of plastic. It looks like the uh, muscle things battling belt. Yeah, or like if anybody that's a hundred years old will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it looks like a <laughs> it looks like a, a like a chewy gummy toy or something like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this. Are you Googling muscle up the muscle and, things belt? And if and I if you, hear a plane plane landing in the back, I can hear a plane landing too. That's not me, it's you guys. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at the belt. The NWA belt has a picture of them in the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, which I love that. I like, hey, how you doing? This is my belt. And it was like, I'm looking at it when I saw it for the first time. I'm like, oh, is that her face? And then she takes the belt and she kisses herself and then handed the belt off to the referee. It was pretty good. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, I actually their their women's division in my mind has become underrated, especially now seeing that Serena and, and Thunder are a part of the program. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoyed that. I'm looking. I hope that they wedge it more into the show. They they've been trying to make some investments. I'll, I'll give them that. But um, you got I I want to talk Miro, but did, did either of you have any other good things besides Miro that you wanted to discuss before I I go I into this to, segment? I watched I watched this episode twice. Once at work, and then I watched it again at home. And when I watched it at home, I missed the end of the show, so I missed the Miro match. I caught some of it at work, but go ahead, talk about Miro. Yeah, there wasn't, there was no match, but um, the ending of the show was a Young Bucks match against. Oh, the that's right, that's Varsity right. That, that explains why I zoned out. I that that was the main event, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. About they're, this they're spraying an aerosol can in their face to win. I don't care. I don't. I I don't want to watch them. I don't ever want to see them again. I'm gonna make an active decision to not talk about them during my my podcast that I am one of three members of. Sure. But, go uh, ahead. Uh, let's talk murder talk, good and bad. How do you do? How do you, in a, in the world of professional wrestling? <laughs> I didn't know how to even start that. What? Yeah, in the world of professional wrestling, how do you discuss the idea of murdering your opponent properly and inappropriately? That's the this isn't the segment. So, Miro, he's he's facing Lance Archer at this upcoming Double or Nothing pay per view. Um, I very much enjoy Miro. I've discussed that before. He tells Jake the Snake 
that there's enough, not enough yoga he can do that will save him from being murdered <laughs> if he comes anywhere near him. That is fucking hilarious. I <laughs> laughed out loud for the first time in, in probably eight weeks watching a wrestling show. Have you ever – did you guys ever watch Total Divas? Did we talk about this uh, I used to run it on Thursdays when I was at getting ready for work. I would just put it on my TV and let it run all day long. Miro is legit a funny-ass dude. Yeah, he's nuts. Like, fucking hilarious. He was grilling once naked. He was doing everything <laughs> naked, I think. Yeah. The Eastern, Eastern European now. It's totally it's Eastern Trump European. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like he's walking around a house in a Speedo with no shoes on. Like, just, <laughs> the dude's got a great sense of humor. And that comes through, and that's why he deserves more TV time. They give Lance Archer the mic for a brief second, and he uses what is becoming the biggest trope in cable wrestling right now he calls Miro the bulgarian bitch which bitch is like now the new thing that's cleared to say and nobody can stop saying it or putting on t-shirts and it doesn't land at all and no. at least with me it doesn't with me either and Miro, um, it doesn't go ahead i'm just gonna interrupt you real quick uh something i noticed i wanted to say it to you guys before but it hadn't come up so the bitch being thrown around on usa all the time I also noticed that it is um, their cursing later on on their movies. So they're being told to do that, but they're being told they're allowed to do that, I think, by the network. So they're like, these are the words you're allowed to get away with. Yeah, because I think I've, I've, I'll like have USA on for whatever reason, and there'll be a movie on, and I'll start hearing profanity. Not that I give a shit, but... Uh, it's like shocking. It's like, wait a minute, I'm watching the show on F on USA, and if you watch FX, they do it too. So you're starting to loosen up on what they allow during during the uh, regular broadcasts. I think um, um, Comedy Central does it too. Yeah. First okay. of all, I know that Chris goes to sleep at 9.30 p.m., so I love the idea that Chris falls asleep <laughs> to the USA Network. <laughs> I wish I was able to go to sleep. He's he 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 puts the USA network on to put him to bed. At, grizzly, at, at, the grizzly like, knows best episode. He's like, <laughs> but um, yeah, that t makes total sense to the point that I was trying to make because it's like this word has been unlocked and it's like everyone has jumped on it and it's it's lost all of its punch if there ever was any any mm. bit of one. And within uh, I don't know the, the amount of time we've been doing this podcast, is, within a few months it's just become to completely deflated. Um, but yeah, him telling that. Jake the Snake that he, if he comes anywhere near him, he's going to be murdered. I don't care how much yoga you do. And the reference to the DDP yoga scene with all the old wrestlers is hilarious. Oh yeah. Um, and then Miro immediately plays that off as I would, and he goes, "Oh wow, that's really offensive. You called me a bitch." <laughs> and then he goes. Uh, earlier in the promo, I guess Lance Archer said something about uh, all got all men must die, like some kind of Game of Thrones reference. Mm -hmm. And Miro just goes like, "Yeah, I, I get it. All men must die, but I have decided that you're going to die first. And I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! This is how you get your two minutes out of out of this show." Fuck yeah, A plus. Yeah, yeah, he is the shit. Yeah, I could. That's one of the matches I'm excited for for Double or Nothing. You want to talk about some of the bad? Oh, you know what else I like? Yeah. You know what else I liked? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great match. Um, Mox and um, what's his name against the rap guys? Um, it, <laughs> it was not a good match. No. But I do like that Moxley and the other guy come in the ring, and he starts rapping. They immediately attack him, and they do like a 
OG FMW thing where the crazy guys immediately take him outside and start throwing him into shit. Mm -hmm. I kind of got this like really like I'm not gonna say deathmatchy, but it, it, they're the they're the street fight dudes. It reminded me yep. a lot of that. Like bell rings, they immediately take the guy outside and try to kill him. I kind of um, like that, but then it became a match, which I didn't like. But the, can yeah. we also can we also talk about what I loved, which was when the other guy, non-rap guy, got in the ring and he started screaming AEW. He only got AE. He <laughs> got the shit kicked out. Yeah, it was great. Which I loved. Those rap guys are really slow in the ring when they run. Um, they're yeah, they're. I don't know if it's the sneakers they have on or what. They run really slow. <laughs> this was my observation of the week. That's all I got. <laughs> Good, Brandon. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys brought that up. I left that out of my review. I I hope that Moxie's on to something. He I, I'm hoping he was just getting his feet wet, getting used to not being in WWE for that first year, and and is going to do something better because I was a little bit underwhelmed with that. But anyway, let's within the murder murder talk segment. Wait a minute, that was our is, that was our 2020 wrestler of the year was John Moxley. Yeah, well that that tells you more about the Everybody fact else. that all. All four sides of the ring, or the dark side of the ring, and not that 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 John yeah, Moxley's just... particular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Hey, that should that should be changed on the social media to the you know where you put your little information. Uh, hard for wrestling. Uh, wrestling is hard podcast, and then underneath it, it should say not all. It should say all four sides of the ring are the <laughs> dark, dark side of the ring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That, can we put that? I'm putting that in his quote of 2021. There you go. Good, Brandon. So, so the murder, the the inappropriate way to do murder talk in in as in, in Brandon's opinion, and I'm sure I'm sure many people disagree with me. Kenny Omega and Don Callis oh, come into the, to the locker room. This is terrible. And they imply that it was the it was filmed immediately after Orange Cassidy had. Which I called out last week had been concussed, but they didn't oh, address okay. during the web, the episode that he had been concussed. Hmm. But they're implying that he's still in the locker room and is still woozy, mm -hmm. um, and they're openly just trying to manipulate him, uh, saying that, "Hey, man, you don't want to sign a contract for this triple threat title match. If that move hurts you, if I do the one winged angel on you, that might kill you." <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> this just rubbed me in the in the wrongest of wrong ways, considering that probably the shittiest part of pro wrestling right now is the head trauma that comes from it and mm -hmm. the lack of acknowledgement of it. And when I think of AEW uh, and how unmemorable it's been, one of the most memorable things I've seen is the brutal concussion that happened on their show that they handled pretty poorly. You're, so talking, like, about Matt Hardy. You're talking about Matt Hardy. Correct. Yeah. I don't know that you you as a character or the show as a show are in the place to do concussion comedy if there is such a thing. So I would consider that uh, one of the lowlights. Any thoughts? Uh, one thing I did like about this promo, and I didn't like any of it, uh, one thing I didn't like about it was – how Orange Cassidy is, moves in slow motion, that he even tore the contract up in slow motion. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> but that was yeah. about it. Orange Cassidy, best part of the promo, didn't speak. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, if you're going to... When you're when they're in the middle of a wrestling match and somebody ends up with a concussion, I think I said this last week, end the fucking match. Right? Yeah, end the match. This is end a TV, the match. This is a TV He's show. Knocked... It's a TV show. 
Just you can it. even do it. He's been knocked out. We got the medical staff. They're saying he's concussed. The match is over. John Moxley gets the win. Whoever the fuck is the guy who didn't get concussed, right? It's a TV show, so you can always go back to the TV story. Show. You can just go right. back to the story. You just in six loop months. it back around. And if some fucking jerk off sitting in his fucking fat, some fat fuck sitting in his basement gets mad because somebody got concussed and he didn't finish the match, and oh, when I watched wrestling, these guys doing this, and, they they, and the attitude are they were they tougher, were tougher because they yeah, would go over to North fucking, Korea and try to fight the army. Yeah, and half of them are fucking dead or hooked on drugs or, com- or really fucking violent or completely fucking insane or horribly depressed and living on the street, right? It's because some fucking jerk off is going to say, well, I mean, um, they owe it to us, the fans, to finish the match. Fuck you. End the match. When there's a guy who obviously can't continue, just go in. And it's an ending. It is an ending. It's a legitimate it's ending. Not like, it's not like the fucking commercial came on, they came back, and there was fucking a new match, and we're just not acknowledging it. No, there is another way to end the match. They end matches by dudes getting knocked out. Not all the time, but we've seen it. Kenny, um, Kevin Owens won a title on NXT by doing that, right? So, like, fuck it. Match is over. Move on to the next one. So we can't we can't have people get knocked out for real and make it believable, but we can have Anthony Agogo punch guys in the gut and have them die in the ring and not be able to get yeah. up ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not like there's these long-term stories like that were being told that built to this that you're like we just got to try to see if we can make it happen there's you got 32 hour episodes of tv with almost no stories being told like it wouldn't be that big of a deal to audible out of out of this match that had two minutes of build to it and yo and if and here's the other thing if the guy you're doing is concussed bad enough that fucking program that you're doing is dead yeah, it's, it's fucking dead. He might be dead right? in a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, very rarely. I mean, look, we all, well, you know, we've watched enough sports to know that when somebody gets con- severe concussion nowadays, you look at the NFL, you look at the NHL, guys get severe con- concussions, they don't come right back. No. They're missing two weeks. So you're fucking, you know, odds are that that program needs to be reworked anyway. Right. Yep. Not in AEW, though. He's going to be in the match. He's going to be in the match in the pay-per-view, but whatever. Brandon, go ahead. A couple other things, some of which production-based, which I enjoy hammering. Um, As I've invested myself to you listeners, uh, as the AEW guy, I'm embedded in that world online somewhat and on the show. Evan Evan Bourne, now known as Matt Seidel, has been coming out, and on AEW, they'll show your record and your Twitter handle to try to get you an audience. The entire time he's been on the show, he, it's Matt Seidel, at Evan Bourne, because he hasn't gotten his actual Matt Seidel Twitter back. Last week, he finally got that back. Uh, he made a big deal of it online. That's how I saw it. He's thanking Tony Khan for buying it. He's now at Matt Seidel on Twitter. He could be his character. He comes out to open the show. What does it say? Matt Seidel at Evan Bourne. They they just didn't. didn't I didn't, didn't know that. Fix it. I didn't catch yeah. that. Pros, <laughs> professionals. Just whiffed. <laughs> just uh, little yo, things, but just. Yo, this I was, was going to say work, those dude. exact words. It's the fucking little things. Yep, that's what drives right? you nuts. Everybody. I say it all the time. You, t- I turn on and go to play a game of Madden, and the fucking Spectrum's in the background of Lincoln Financial Field. Guess what? Your game sucks. <laughs> the building's been torn down for years. Your game sucks. Yeah, we, I do mean, the work. 
we all work for a living. You know what kills you more than anything. It's the little things. Just pay fucking attention. There's nothing more annoying than that. And when you when you sit down for your two hours of relax, relaxation, whenever that is during your day, and you see these guys aren't fucking paying attention to their job and they're on TV, you're like, you stink, dude. That's that's what I think anyway. Um, what else you got? Christian. Anyway, Christian. Uh, is just working his way up the rankings. I'm not sure why that's happening. He he fought Matt Seidel in the first place. It's kind of weird, uh, considering how little they have going on. I just wanted to call that out that he's like now a 45 year old relative legend compared to who they have on the roster, and he's just has to like crawl his way up the mid carders instead of doing something interesting with him with limited he, time left. Is he five and zero or something now? Yes, but it's like he says no personality and no story, so it's like. The problem I'm having is that they're building to all these guys that are going to fight Jericho, including the pay-per-view, which they built terribly. It's not a match I'm excited for, but like they're building for Christian to go fight him. So Omega's not losing this title for a while. He's going to have it for a while because we're going to get Christian versus Omega. They're building to it. You can feel it. And he's going to beat Christian. I don't think Christian's going to beat him. Which which basically just, if, if it's that obvious to you, it just puts a pin in the and pops the balloon of, I don't know, Three months of wrestling, like right. <sighs> that's why they rest a wrestling review. But um, uh, another production error that annoyed me: Hikaru Shida faces. Uh, I think it was Rebel, not Reba. They listed her as yeah, it was Rebel in quotes. It said Rebel and in quotes, not Reba. Yeah. Um, and she puts her in a unique submission. Chris might know what this is called. I didn't know what it was called. Maybe you do. Too, Jimmy, but it's what, the stretch muffler. I, the, the, is that what? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this muffler. weeks ago. The stretch uh, muffler. One I, yeah. I didn't know the name of. Yeah, yeah stretch yeah. muffler. The stretch muffler, and the angle that they shot it from, as the match ends, you can't see Rebel tap. No, you're but right. You can see Hikaru Shida slap her twice on the butt. I'm assuming telling her to tap. Right. But all you see as a viewer is it looks like Hikaru Shida taps. And then it ends, Britt Baker storms into the ring, but Hikar, they quickly announce that Hikaru Shida is still the champion, and I'm watching this going like, what the fuck is going on? And it's a weird enough hold where it kind of looks like someone's legs around your neck, and it could be choking you out, and it could have been reversed, but also you're, you're twisting their knee. Like, it was just so – like, it's that is just a pure production gaffe where – There's so many ways you don't have to don't say it. get it on camera, yeah. and you – not only do you not get it on camera, the person tapping, but you only show someone else like what it looks like doing to a viewer the, tapping. Doing the yeah. you're doing you're doing the in ring like uh, signal for the other person to tap, but it looks since it's a submission, it looks like you're tapping as well. This was a quick yeah. match and it was over, and I don't know why it happened. Um, she beat the shit out of her, which was was what the cap what the champ should do to Britt Baker's dental assistant. Uh, but I don't think it really pushed the story along at all though. Her car she yeah. just selling that fucking DDT though was fucking awesome. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean she's a great wrestler. She's held it down for over a year. She's she's probably going to lose the title this weekend, so I'll give it up to her. Incredible job for the year. Yeah. It's worth acknowledging. Um but it's just like this is just pure production. There's nothing in the ring. You just like somehow you only shot the wrong person alluding wrong person alluding to a tap. Um, Go ahead, Chris. So 
I'll tell you my experience with this entire show. And this will tell you what I thought of it. I usually will watch AEW on my DVR during the day on Tuesday while I do things around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I had some work I had to do in the house today, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I had an hour. You had to land some planes. You're outside with your lights and waving your arms. I had to fight bees and wrestle with ants. And um, but I got done in time to 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 throw it on. And then I realized as I'm watching it, I already fucking watched it, and it was so forgettable (laughs) that I forgot I fucking watched it. I watched it last week. I watched it actually when it was on. I sat in my basement doing a few other things and had AEW on and actually put it on when I from for the last half hour I put it on in my bedroom. So completely forgettable. I, 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 the only question, like, so what you were talking about with these, like, not so much the the television production gaps, but the things you see in the ring. This happens a lot with 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 AEW. Do you think that most of these wrestlers, because a lot of them are indie guys, are not as concerned with the smoke and mirrors because it usually doesn't get caught on camera? Right. That's that's part of it. So they're not actively trying to hide to tell, if yeah. you will? Well, the, the, in, the, in the thing with the Sheeta match, I mean, it was just the camera was in the wrong fucking spot. Yeah. Yeah. But that's – it's not that fucking hard to fix, dude. It's like – how much does a camera cost? $2,000. How much does it cost to employ someone to shoot it from a different angle? I don't know. Uh, $500 a show. Like, well, not that much. But Just you're going to pay, and you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay to get fucking Matt Seidel's Twitter account back. You can't pay for another camera. Hold on. Let me, let me explain yeah. something, too. And this is learning from the, from the genius of Eric Bischoff listening to him talk. Understand that they have they are most likely budgeted X amount of dollars over the course of the year. Right? And all of that goes, you know, X amount of dollars is budgeted towards production of the television show. You have now shut down your entire traveling company. Right? So when you uh whatever you have budgeted for for production as far as television travel. It's all gone. Now you have all your guys working in one spot, so scale begins to kick in. You're spending exponentially less money on television production because you're not on the road. You see what I'm saying? No, so I don't. What are, you, are you saying that? What I'm that, saying is, is that they saved a lot of fucking even money. Even more not reason. Road, okay, gotcha. Right? I thought you were money they giving them an out. Tickets, that the money they get from tickets doesn't get pumped back into their budget for the year that you're already in. Hmm. So they saved a shit ton of money not going on a fucking road this year. They have the money to go get a fucking another camera and another camera. Okay, man. okay, okay. Because yeah. as well, you sit in the same place over an extended period of time, the rates of the guys that work there, it's not as expensive. Right. Not to mention the fuel and the fucking buildings and all that other shit. And they're also, remember, they're traveling to, they're playing the Lyacora Center. What's that hold? 6,000 people? Mm. And they like they're doing Wells Fargo. It's fucking 22. Mm. You know what I mean? So they, the, the money they lost, because they have a television deal with TNT. They get paid to put the program on that network. Right. You know what I mean? So they saved a shit ton of money. I agree with you. They could have got another fucking camera. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and you're ignoring the massive elephant in the room and the fact that this isn't uh, Ron Bischoff didn't run uh, TNT. Shad Khan has an unlimited budget that Tony Khan could tap into to to get whatever the fuck he wanted to make this good. Instead, he's blowing it. Yes. Did you actually Google Eric Bischoff and figure out what his dad's name was? No, I have no. I made that up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one Eric Eric Bischoff was under a budget as a TV production. This guy is spending his dad's money. That's why this whole thing exists. Mm -hmm. And the idea that it that so much of this comes off as penny pinching is like, dude, you're you're ninety nine percent of the you're ninety nine percent of the way to a, a show. And the last one percent, you just continually blow. It's like, mm-hmm. how is how does this how does this happen you're when I know for a fact you're giving them credit for just one percent? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Oh, on on the scale from like on the scale from me starting a wrestling show to this show, he's almost all the way there. He's he's got a li- he's got some more things to do, but he's almost all the way there. Mm-hmm. What percentage are we at for starting a wrestling show? Zero. Well, <laughs> we have. Wait a minute. Hold on. If the three of us, if the three of us are the wrestlers, and we just beat the shit out of each other every night, we're at like half a percent. Yeah, I guess so. I, right? mean, I mean, if we we're the take unpaid turns using the talent, yeah. You can't take any shots. I would be taking all the shots. Two of us wrestle, and one of us holds the camera. We rotate. That's how we did it in the in the nineties. Yeah, basement wrestling. All right, what else you got, Brandon? Bring up. I wanted to bring up, um, and I was thinking about sending this to you guys, but I figured I would just it, – it wasn't that interesting. But Anthony Agogo went on Elevation. I saw this online because I refused to watch that show and, and cut a promo that should have made its way onto Dynamite, but I think it made too much sense, and Cody Rhodes stopped it. He does his little like, hey, why do you, why do you hate America rant? And uh, what he says, I fucking love. He goes, well, I, I – I don't like America because I hate seeing kids in cages mm. and I hate seeing people. I hate seeing people bankrupted because they have to have a surgery. And then on on dynamite, they admit that he's 78% blind. They just get in one eye. They just drop that in, in the middle of the episode. And somehow this guy is the heel of it's this. Impossible. Of this whole, it's good. He should be the baby face of the company. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the, the white dude, with the fucking American flag skull tattooed on his neck. Yep. He's going to tell us what the American dream is. What a terrible fucking promo. So tone deaf. uh, You know, it was just like, you're not seeing this. You know, it's a running joke that Cody is one man on Twitter's favorite mid-card wrestler. (laughs) But he, that's all he is. He is a mid-carder that presents himself as a top shelf guy and he just ain't it, man. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's in the mid middle of the card of his own goddamn company. Yeah. Which might be by choice. Cause he wants to put other people over, but well, good for him, but he's not that a main work either. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work as a mid carder. <laughs> his, his storylines that he's in. He's, I mean, look, you know, maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe that's why he's going out with fucking Q on and T Marsh, Alex Jones and fucking a Google, 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 Google. These guys over. I guess he's going to lose all of them. I don't know. Who knows? All right, what else you got on this fucking show, Brandon? I still got, I got I, a couple things on my list with yeah, I always down. forget. I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. This, he's such a mid-carder. I forget he's even in that company most of the time. Right. 
This, I don't have anything else, so you you please go, Jimmy. But I I promise this is the last time I will use this phrase because I've been watching too much Kitchen, Kitchen Confidential this yes, week. Yes, yes. But it's like, dude, Cody Rhodes, you've lost the fucking plot, dude. It's tell tell <laughs> you keep a story. using that phrase. You keep using that phrase. It 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 is tell perfect. a story. It's not about you getting guys over. You get guys over by telling a interesting story that gets people to want to watch the TV show. It's not as simple as I'm Cody Rhodes. I've got my moves. I'm going to wrestle X wrestler. And when he has a good match, he's over. That doesn't happen anymore, dude. Mm. That People don't think about it like that. But anyway. Also, Cody's yeah, not good I, I fu- either. So. Yeah. <laughs> In the ring, he's not good. So. <laughs> Oh, he's average he's at best. An average dude that does weird, like a move set that's not that great. Anyway, he's a collegiate wrestler. Never... Just do a collegiate wrestler fucking move set. Go ahead, Brandon. And it has never become clearer than when this guy, Agogo, has just absolutely slaughtered him in a promo and it just got wedged onto the Friday night YouTube show where he's like, I'll tell you why. I, I heard your, your goofy uh, four minute rant on Dynamite. I'll tell you why I don't like America. Because you got kids locked up in cages on the border of Texas. Because if you have to have a, a, a minor surgery, you're bankrupted for four years. And it's like, this, it's an absolute hmm. home run promo. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he may be making a point there. Yeah. <laughs> but America, freedoms. All right. Um, Excuse me. Uh, the Jericho promo stunk. What the fuck's going on with his hair plugs or comb over? What is up okay. with his hair? First of all, the Jericho promo with Dean Malenko ruled. Yeah, the backstage one was fine. But the rest of it sucked. Brandon? But that's like, I I know what he was referencing, the, the thousand holds thing. Hmm. But again, this is 2021. and You're going for your dork they, base. I, that's all you care about. Well... I, I've used sorry Chris. I use I've used this analogy before. The they remind me of the buffet where they've got a a little bit of everything for every fan base, but none of it is good. It's like just do your own show. They they'll do a little teaser to a reference to a 1997 uh, Nitro episode where Jericho went into a commercial break, listing all of his holes, came out of the commercial break, listing more holds. I know what that is. You guys know what that is. Then people know who that is. But if I tell someone that hasn't watched wrestling to watch AEW, that doesn't land with anybody. Just create your own show. I'm, I, I hate this. Like, like the past is better than the present. We got to rehash it for. TV. I, I think you're. I think you're thinking way too hard about that. I think it was. They mentioned it. Probably hadn't planned on mentioning it. And mentioned it. Because it was one of the rare times you actually saw Dean Malenko on television during that show. He's never on TV. Right. I do. Yeah, but that was just that was like that was an Easter egg more than anything. Go ahead, Brandon. I was going to defend you, but you can go right up. But the that segment had no reason to be in the two-hour TV show except to wedge that joke into it. I concur. And also, also uh, to Brandon's point, I, I. They reference so much old WWE shit that even the Easter egg. Parts where you're like, huh, that's pretty funny, are seem overbearing at this point. Like, Jesus Christ, fucking talk about your own product, please. Right? Okay. Like, can you agree? Like, I think so. Can we, we'll go back, and I agree with that. Now that you say it that way, you you changed my mind. It sucked. Yeah. No, (laughs) no, no. no, no, Listen, listen. I I love seeing Dean Malenko. I I love seeing Dean Malenko. But 
you know what? I'll be honest with you. I said it before, you know, say we will about uh, Nitro. Other than the weird every once in a while back and forth, that show is completely fucking different than Raw. Mm-hmm. Like other than the shoving it in Vince McMahon's face that we were beating him and they were beating him. We they were beating him in the ratings. That show was didn't look like the other wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, it's the same problem it's, that Impact has, mm. where they're trying to look like the other wrestling show. And, Chris, if you enjoyed something, the last thing I want to do is to tell you not to enjoy it. But part of this boiling over is my own personal annoyance with just media in general becoming this thing where it's like they're remaking X, they're redoing Y. Every movie is like a, a rehash of the past. It's like I'm just getting annoyed overall. <laughs> <laughs> with media just being like a recreation of something that's already happened. It's like, can anyone fucking make something up anymore? Right. But. Tenet, and I watched five minutes of it and was so confused. I was like, I gotta watch this again. <laughs> yeah. Parasite. Parasite was amazing. Watch it again. Um, how about uh, the Pinnacle Dinner Date you didn't mention? Oh. Oh. Are you asking me to cover the Pinnacle Dinner Date? No, do you have any thoughts about the Pinnacle Dinner Date? Um... Yeah, I, I immediately tuned out because I have no interest in listening to any of these people speak. Especially, um, to, yo, Ten Man being the tough guy of the crew. Ten Man, losing his temper and choking the fucking server. Yeah, you know what happens when that happens in a restaurant? You, throw you end up getting arrested. fucking arrested. It was fucking stupid. It was so hey, this, stupid. There you go. Here's some money. Let's not take care well, of it. Nah, how about I'll, get the fuck out of here? Let me tell you something. The only person in that entire fucking crew that knows how to cut a goddamn promo is Dolly fucking Blanchard. Yeah. The rest of them are trash bags. Yeah, I didn't like it. Was it was it Tully that threw the bag of money at the... He threw the money at him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a watch because he was giving out watches a couple weeks ago. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brandon Cook. Now I'm more. Uh, now that you said that he he was a half-ass Ric Flair, because I didn't I don't know the original Tully Blanchard. Yeah, he was a, he was a half-ass Ric Flair. Yeah, he was like the he was him, the Joe Mar. He was the Joe Mar version yeah. of Ric Flair. <laughs> Foreman Mills, Joe Mar. Foreman Mills. Foreman Mills. I get where you're going. I was just gonna say. Marshalls. He's Marshalls <laughs> Ric Flair. Seeing him do that, like it just. It's the nail in the coffin of patheticism in my mind. It's like <laughs> as as if these other guys couldn't create a character. The only guy that has had experience just leans into his like Foreman Mills lifestyle. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, wonder if anybody outside the, the area knows what Foreman Mills is. Go ahead. Yeah, defend not that Telly Blanchard needs my defending him, but to defend that you didn't bring him on to not behave like Telly Blanchard. Right. I mean, you brought him on because he's him. It's not like oh, you're Telly Blanchard, but you're playing a new character. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but that being said, um, yeah, he's the only one out of all of them that is any good. You also didn't bring him on to have every other wrestler in his faction make the same mistakes that Tully Blanchard made. But that's what's happening in this promo. <laughs> Would they just become a shitty one-dimensional version of someone, something that's already happened? I think you're that's shitting true. Uh, Tully Blanchard. Chris loves Tully Blanchard. I'm a big Tully Blanchard fan. <laughs> He'll be popping up probably in the next three weeks. All right, so I'm just getting annoyed. Like, does does anybody have any fucking experience doing this shit? They got all these old guys on the show, and they just let all this junk happen. They're like, loaded. They're from what I gathered when they were talking about this. That company is loaded with people backstage that have been in the wrestling business for a billion fucking years, and these guys still can't get this shit right. They can't book apparently. 
Like Arn Anderson like, has it seen like a too lot of good wrestling. Stir in the soup. That's what it seems like. Go yeah. Ahead, Brandon, I'm sorry. No, no, that's a perfect way to put it. Too many cooks stirring the soup. Arn Anderson has seen a, a lot of good wrestling. He is the biggest personality in that locker, whatever you want to call it, backstage presence. The Tolly Blanchard, those guys are the heavyweights in there, Whether at least to the people back there. That's the vibe that I'm getting. When are one of these guys going to go, this is fucking stupid. This is how you tell a story. I've seen this done well, and this isn't it. They're just letting junk happen in front of them and being like uh, old guy jobbers or like uh, on the outskirts of these stories. I'm telling you right now, Brandon, you're making the prospects of Sunday seem very depressing. Yeah, we'll have fun. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this no, show. No, it's going to be fun. Yeah, let's go with uh, – let's, let's move away from fucking – the weekly event. And let's go with Double or Nothing, which is happening this Sunday. I'm going to go through the card. You guys give me your thoughts. Let's start with the... Here we go. I'm starting at the bottom of the list on Wikipedia. The Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, who are the champs, with Don Calais, versus John Moxley and the other guy, whose name is Eddie Kingston, and I keep forgetting it. So John Moxley and Eddie Kingston have been running through the tag team division and now have a shot at the title during this pay-per-view. Uh, I'll let Brandon go ahead. It's your show. Young Bucks are, are uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are in this weird spot where if they lose this, they have no reason to still be involved with this plot line. So for that reason, I think that they're going to win. But I also don't really understand what them being tag team champs does for them as wrestlers, considering that either the things that any of them are, are pursuing have anything to do with tag team wrestling. So uh, this could honestly go either way. And in in that bizarre sense, it makes me curious as to what will happen. All right, Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, I think I agree with Brandon on this. I think if you don't have these guys win the title, what's the point of them being together at this point? Plus, we also forget that um, it's not WWE. So there's actually been some time has taken place between pay-per-views. So um, it's not like they'd be switching the belt and switching the belt and switching the belt. So I could see that happen. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It's like these guys, and they've been running through everybody, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Well, you know, let me, let me uh, make a quick point that I wanted to make while we were talking about the weekly show. Sometimes when they do this stuff, when they do everything that they do on this show – when they hash out these stories, somebody needs to say, why? Hmm. Like, why? X is going to beat Y. Well, X is... X is going to beat X. A squared. is going to beat B. Yes, Y. And then the question is, why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. But you it understand turns... what I mean? And that's the thing. Uh, um, you Yeah, yeah, right. Dude one and dude two are going to wrestle the Young Bucks. I can't remember the names right now. I'm starting to, you're starting to lose me. We're at 9:15. Dude one and dude two, Moxley and Kingston wrestle the Young Bucks. The Young and then and the Young Bucks win. Why? Yeah. What next? Well, then yeah. what? Then what? Well, this this is one of those things like when I talked about earlier with Kenny Omega, where this match seems like it means nothing because they're building to Christian versus Kenny Omega down the line. Right. Like the Young Bucks. I don't see them coming out of the, like it's the way that it seems that AEW builds shit. They build shit like for multiple matches across the course of time. There's no one for them to fight after John Moxley and Negative Kingston. You know what I mean? The other tag teams are kind of the bum young kids. Yeah, which who they've been beating. Yeah. Now I could see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston losing the titles to maybe uh, the rap dudes. 
down the line or something like that. You know what I mean? Or somebody that got fired from WWE or right, yeah, some, or, or or the young or or Aglu Gallows and uh, the other guy. And the other guy, or F F the world, <laughs> FTW. The the old bucks. The old bucks. The old, bucks. The old cucks. <laughs> All right, next match. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. How about that Ethan Page promo on fucking AW Dynamite? That was fucking terrible. He stumbled all over Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, there's a couple of those on Dynamite. Uh, Jade Cargill stole the show with the debauch promos, but apparently I looked this up. Ethan Page and Darby Allen had a feud in Evolve, which again, who the fuck is watching Evolve? God bless you if you do and you're listening to this. Like, you go ahead, hit us up and let us know what I'm missing. But how would I know that this was something that's going to go with nothing? And they're just implying that this has happened. But uh, I'm going to assume Sting isn't going to lose the Scorpio Sky. I um, the show The Wrestlers on Vice did a whole episode on Evolve, I think. And that whole Ethan Page, Darby Allen thing was part of that storyline. Or part of that episode. That's the only reason I know about it, because I watched that show. But you see, you have to have watched something else to get what's going on here, which is not the basis of a professional wrestling company. It's not the basis of any television show whatsoever. Right. No, you think about yeah. it. Like, let, let, let me just counter that point. To know so, what happened with Cersei Lance, where you have to watch an episode of The Odd Couple starring uh, the guy from Friends <laughs> and whoever else was in that show. Then you that's know the whole... what was going on. Makes no fucking sense. Go ahead, Brandon. That's the whole point that I'm. That's the whole point that I'm trying to make. Chris just nailed it. It's like, oh, I don't. I, I like Brad Pitt. Well. In the Inglorious Bastards, he played this character, so that's why he's doing what he's doing in this movie. It's like you don't have to watch the other fucking movies to know what's going on in this <laughs> movie. Just other make a movie, right? Right. <laughs> so uh, dumb. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't give a shit about this match. Darby Allen's fun though. I like watching Darby Allen. So who you got winning, Chris? I'm gonna go with Stang. I am also gonna go with Stang. Stang. All right. Next up. He's getting old, so it's the past tense. For some reason, this is not the main event. It's got to be the main event. The Stadium Stampede match. If the inner circle loses, they must disband forever. If the pinnacle loses, nothing. So we get the pinnacle, who consists of MJF, Wardlow, 10 Guy, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood with Tully Blanchard versus the inner circle. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara. Santana and Ortiz. Go ahead, Brandon. I think the uh, inner circle actually loses it. The inner circle loses and ends this thing. I think so, too. We were talking about this as kind of running its course. Jericho has some singles matches uh, that are probably in line for him in, in the twilight years of his career. So that's where I see this going. I The only thing that I want from this is that they create – 70% of the excitement from last year's Stadium Stampede, which I picked as the most fun match of 2020. Hmm. Chris, thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to say that the the uh, Inner Circle wins. The reason why I'm saying this is that if the Inner Circle loses this match and disbands, then who's the baby face? It's all faction. Who's the baby face faction? It's Kingston and Moxley, I think. That's it. 
Are the inner circle baby faces though? They tell you they are, but then well, they took them off his dicks by default. Oh, by the way, that one guy uh, of Santana and Ortiz, the one that's on television, he did a trope that I cannot stand. Where you're, what the fuck did he say in his promo? Who? One of either Santana or Ortiz, whichever one was on it's television. On TV. Whatever, I'll move on because I can't remember it. He did his promo and it was just like, come on, man. It'll come to you. Put it out of your mind and. Yeah. Well, well, here, here's what you could do out of that, Chris. It's the uh, the Brody Lee casket carriers with Adam Page as a leader stepping up and and. Okay, so you have the Dark Order. I can see that, but he's going at it with Team Brian Taz. Cage. Brian Cage, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think that dies that quickly. He's if not, it does, he's then not I can see where What's that? Christian Cage is fighting Team Taz now. No no no, 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 for the no, for this no, pay per view, no. we'll get to it. No, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. So that's the only thing. I, I think it all depends on what happens. I mean, they obviously are, have it worked out already, but I'm just curious as you know, if if the Pinnacle disbands the New World Order or whatever the hell they're called, the Dark, no, not the Dark, the Pinnacle Inner Circle, the oh. Inner Circle. Inner thank circle. you. So if the Pinnacle disbands the Inner Circle. Who does the Pinnacle fight? I mean, you can throw together good guys. What are you going to no, keep, keep it, it up I'm against the saying, inner circle forever? No, but then they can go off and wrestle. They can wrestle Moxley and Kingston if they win for the tag titles. Ten guy can go back to wrestling on Sunday afternoons on AEW Church. And fucking, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard can go to Foreman Mills and buy a suit and you know, Wardlow can uh, Joe Wardlow what was his name Steve, Mike, Dave Wardlow. What did he call him? Something. <laughs> Johnny Wardlow, Ted Wardlow. Johnny, Ted no, that Wardlow. was no, that's uh, that's Ted Scott. That's Ted Velvet. So that's, that's all I, 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 I think. I think that let's just stop with I think different. I think the that's fine. The inner Sir Sewell is going to win. Go ahead, Brandy. You're gonna say. Chris has made enough of an argument that I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm just sick of it. I want change. I have a feeling. I have a feeling we're going to be laughing too hard to give a flying fuck what's going on here. Right. Uh, okay. So I'll move over to. I'm going to skip a match. I'm going to go with a uh, singles match between Hangman Adam Page and Brian Cage with Taz. Brandon. Yeah, this is one of the most least interesting. This is the least interesting thing that's ever happened in the history of pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> It's it's not even for the FTW belt, which is not even a belt. So uh, Christian Cage is going to win because it's the classic. He's saying Christian Cage. He's not, he's not wrestling match. Christian Cage. He's not he's, in this match. Adam Page and Adam Brian Page. Cage. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is how this is how uninterested I am in this. But piece. also, also we have a cage, a cage, and a page on the same fucking pay per view. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. They they also tease next week Christian Cage. It's facing Brian Cage. So Cage versus Cage. In a non-Cage, Cage versus Cage match that has no stakes. I apologize. You're on a pole, a 12-gauge. I will I will tell you this. Now, just through this conversation, you can totally understand why Vince McMahon will not have two dudes with the same name. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Right. we got all the Cages makes and Pages. Cage, Page. Cage, Page, 12-gauge on a stage. So I so I can uh, slug down a half a bottle of white wine and get confused about how who the hell's wrestling you. <laughs> <who>. um, <laughs> yeah, th- this is boring as shit. Uh, Adam Page is going to win. Uh, don't watch it. That's my advice. Go 
go outside, take a pee, eat, make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, look away from your TV. Can Adam? Go ahead, Chris. Can Adam Page be possibly be less fucking interesting? I find him absolutely boring. I mean, he doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. No, he does his promos, and it's he does like puns in his promos, and he's with the uh, the Dark Order, and they all cheer him on, and it's silly, but I just I don't just buy don't... him as a competitor. Yeah, yeah, he's joke really... guy now. He's just kind of floating around. I mean, not everybody can be on top on top at the same time. I of guess, course, of course. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, all these guys that are involved in AEW, like all the old guys, were all talking about how great they thought he was, and then he just kind of. They never did anything with him. It's very strange. Yeah, with his iced tea. Who are you talking about? Christian Cage? No, Christian Cage. Johnny <laughs> Adam Cage. Page, Brian Adam Page. Christian Cage. Giant Brian Cage. And Brian Cage, if you remember, on Lucha Underground, was a fucking monster. He had a he had He's, a gauntlet that he could kill people with, Chris. A magic he, he, gauntlet. Yes, that's it's true. Different, it's, different that was season two, though, wasn't it? It was. It was a different, fun product. But here's the other thing. He, that dude just generally, in real life, just generally seems completely fucking uninter- uninterested in yeah, what's right. going on here. Yeah, right. It's like he's just showing up to work, doing his thing, and going home. Yeah. All right, next. Uh, Miro, who is the AEW TNT champion, versus Lance Archer. For some reason, it says Miro or Dante Martin on this. I don't know. Did he wrestle Dante Martin? Miro is scheduled to defend a TNT championship against Dante Martin on the May 28th episode of AEW. Yeah. Who the fuck is Dante Martin? Uh, they're trying to make it seem like he might lose it. Right. But who is Dante Martin? I have no uh, idea. He's like one half of like that. Uh, God damn it. What oh, the hell is that tag team called? Like the High Flyers or something? High Fly Flow. They're, they're top not flight, bad. Top Flight. Top like, Flight. Top Flight. Yeah. yeah. They're like 20 years old. They're not bad, but yeah, he's he's gonna squash him. I actually like that Dante Martin, but uh, yeah, uh, Miro is winning this. Um, uh, this needs to be if they have any reign in AEW, it, I hope it's the Miro reign because he, he is the most entertaining person they've had on there in a bit. Yeah, I want to see um Jake Roberts. This of course the entertainment factor is going to be. <laughs> Magnified by ten just by Jake okay, Roberts yeah, being ringside. He's gonna be walking up and down the steps. He's gonna be going down the steps, up the steps, getting yelled at, throwing his hands up in disbelief. Well, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think any of us are actually gonna watch this match. We're gonna be laughing too hard. And I only, I, I'm saying a prayer to the wrestling gods, please, wrestling gods who I love so much. Have Miro attack Jake the Snake. I want to see him bump. Oh my God! I want to see him die. Yeah, what if he actually not a real storyline killed like him? Storyline killed him death. Oh my God! He killed Jade the Snake. Thank you very Jake's much. Good. I love. They'll do him a so ten much. bell salute afterwards, and then I'll come back. And if I could just ass. tag, before God uh, accepts that request, if I could just tag on and say, Hey, could you please, Jake, dress like you're going into a Tractor Supply Co. <laughs> for the match? That would that would be amazing. The yeah. only way, if he doesn't wear a sake ninake shirt. Um, I forgot about Sake the Nake shirts. All right, let's move on. Here we go. Here's a lot of names. No, no. Prepare yourself. The Casino Battle Royale for a future AEW World Championship match. In this, we have Christian Cage. Winning. Winning. They have him listed first. Christian Cage, the winner. Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel, losing. Versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Versus Penta El Zero Miedo, 
Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is on television out of nowhere. He's been off TV. He's on pay-per-view. Mark Quinn. Who is Mark Quinn? Is he one of the guys that that's in um, the rap group? I don't know. Let's look. He, he Isaiah might be. Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Isaiah Cassidy's in his match. The Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Preston Vance. Who the fuck is Preston Vance? Who are these people? No, they're, they're so that dude is uh, the acclaimed are Max Caster and Anthony. Bowen. He's in Private Party. Ah, uh, Private Party. Okay, they rule. I love Private Party. All right, um, Griff Garrison, who doesn't even have a link on his name on Wikipedia, so you know how how uh, important he is. Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QAnon T. Marshall Alex Jones, Nick Komoroto, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and TBA. That's probably some. They probably signed some. A new person. If it's yeah. if dude, if it's San Almas, I'm gonna fucking lose my shit. If it's San Almas, you can throw my TV in the lake. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Oh, yeah, did you guys see, by the way, during that Agogo match, we were joking about how, like, or at least I brought up that all of these guys are American, but somehow they have to get on, like, the British side because Cody Rhodes is the person that they have to get against. Comoroto came out in a dress version of the puffy shirt from Seinfeld. Like, that's what he thought. (laughs) I like his gear. That's what he thought British people spoke like. This is what British people look like. Yeah. I'm losing it. Let's cover this paper. Right, so who, you got winning, who you got winning this? I'm saying TBA. Last time, hold on. Last time we did this cage. Casino Battle Royale, it was the TBA was Matt Seidel, and he fell off the top rope. No. <laughs> yes, remember? No. It was amazing. On that pay per view that we watched? No, it was two of them. Ago. Oh, it was. It was the. It was. Uh, yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yes, oh. Christian Cage. That's a good good choice. I've changed my mind. TBA is going to be Christian. The TBA will not be um, Andrade, and I'm going to go with Christian Cage as well. Why isn't going to be Andrade? Because I don't want to see him in AEW. <laughs> see him in it might company. be him. They're causing all this stirrage over that AAA Mega Championship. So he might show up to hype it up. That'd be, up I mean, that, for that reason, yeah. Okay. Who you got, Chris? I'm going to go with Christian Cage. Christian Cage. Yes, Cage. Okay, next up. Singles match. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Anthony Gogo with QT Mark. Excuse me. QAnon T. Marshall Alex Jones. It's Nick, one word. Yeah, Marshall sorry. QAnon T. Marshall Alex Jones. Nick Komorotov and um, Aaron Solo, who also doesn't have a link, but I know who he is. Who you got? Brandon. I'm going to go with the QTR uh, non Marshall Alex Jones just because Cody Rhodes is so good that he can sell whoever and just still be the man in AEW. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Chris. Um, no, I'm going to go co- uh, Cody Rhodes. I'm going Anthony Agogo. You can't super – I mean, Anthony Agogo's evil. He's, you know – He's proved that after He's caring about children. Olympic kid cares about children. He cares about children. He can't sight see. One of his eyes. Seventy percent blind. He's gonna be like fucking Stan Hansen out there, just running into people. It's gonna be amazing. 
All right, AEW Women's World Championship. We got Hikaru Shida, who was the champ, against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD with Rebel, not Reba. Brandon? Yeah, this reminds me of Asuka holding the Raw title when nobody's watching. This is Shida held it for a year. Um, she's going to turn it over to Britt Baker on her third try after losing to Riho twice. Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go with Britt Baker, DMD. I agree. Britt Baker, DMD. It was fun to have you on top, Sheeta, but it's time to go home and visit your family when you're allowed back in the country. And then you can come back and challenge again another time. I don't have a problem with uh, Britt Baker, DMD, winning the belt either. She's, no. she's, she's probably one of the brighter spots of that show. Not yeah. probably, definitely. Yeah, she's, she's entertaining. She's the bright spot. She has a defined character. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, unlike anyone else. Yes. Main event. Here we go. According to this list, it's the main event. I don't think it's going to be. I think that the um, stand, Stadium Stampede is going to be on top. But, doesn't uh, make any sense. Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Kenny Omega wins. I've just selected for everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this is a terrible fucking build. But then here we go. Here's Orange Cassidy thing, takes like, the pin. Here's another thing that I was saying. Okay. We're going to have a match at the pay-per-view. It's going to be Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Why? More importantly, how? How did we get here? How did we get here? Why are these three the three guys? How are we getting here? What happens stand- after? The, the initial match was Orange Cassidy versus Pac, and the winner fights Kenny Omega at the pay-per-view. I think it was their records made it so this way they were the number one contenders. Yeah, and I'm going to make a point about that. You need to tell, we've said it a million times, you need to tell a story. The fact that my record is the best record does not mean that that's a story. No, it's just, that's right? sports. I mean, this isn't look, sports. That's sports. And I'll be honest with you, Brandon knows, yo, Dana White, he don't play that fucking game. If you talk enough shit, and enough people follow you on fucking Instagram and Twitter, guess what? You may get a shot at number three at the champ before number two or number one does. Hmm. That's the way it works. You know? And that is sports. Burp away. Who was that? Brandon, you let... It was guttural, though. (laughs) Brandon's getting wine drunk on the cast. All right, so we're going to watch this at your house, Chris? Yeah, man. Oh, fuck yeah. Fire up the trigger. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look up a nice little fucking. Chris got a smoker. I got Traeger a no, smoker. I didn't. I got a Traeger. It's, it's <laughs> a grill and a smoker. Yeah, it's the Traeger smoker. Crank that fucker up to 500 degrees. Yeah, it's, it's the smoker to me. <laughs> um, smoker. What should I look forward to? What are we making, Chris? What are we, I don't know. I'm I don't doing. I got to work I'm that a... day, so we're going to have to figure this out over the next couple of days. I, I, Jimmy oh, when, and do to, when do you get done? Four o'clock. Oh, okay. I'll I'll be uh, prepped and ready with something delicious to throw in the smoker. It's going to be something Japanese. No, it's not. Why does it have to be Japanese? Just because I like Japanese stuff and it's delicious? It is delicious. Huh. I'll tell you what. So this is what I did today. The only reason I make Japanese food for people is because they probably never had it before, and I want to s- spread I the gospel. No... Yo, I fucking molest that shit when you make it. I ain't <laughs> complaining. That's fucking delicious. Today I I made sausage and peppers. You, you Joe the, Pretzel that? I Joe Pretzel. Joe Pretzel. <laughs> I made. Biddled it. Bid, Biddled that fucking shit. I made sausage and peppers. I smoked the the peppers and onions for four hours. Yeah. And I smoked the sausage for two. 
That's the catch we're gonna have here. You get done. You get done work at four o'clock. Then it doesn't. It's not a smoker. It's a fucking grill. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means either. When you smoke things, so it's all right. Let me explain. We're on a fucking podcast. We it's our podcast. I can talk about my grill at the end. I want to. I want to talk about your grill because I don't know what the fuck I'm in for. Go for it. What it is is it's a a grill and a smoker. So it is it works on these little wooden pellets like a pellet stove. Yes, yes, yes. I saw that. And I can and I can set the temperature. It's got an electric hopper and it has a temperature sensor. And I turn. It's not like a regular, you know, like a regular grill where you monitor it constantly. And I turn the temperature to whatever I want. So if I want to smoke something, I turn the temperature to 200 degrees. I hit the button. It fires the pellets and keeps it at 200 degrees. And I can smoke something on there for five hours, ten hours, whatever. Mm-hmm. If I want to make hamburgers and hot dogs, I crank that up, fucker up to 450. I turn it on, and it's like a regular grill. Yeah, but you can't. I can't you, what? You can't cook them both at the same time, though. What smoke and? And grill. No, I can't smoke and okay. grill at the same time. <laughs> so if we're smoking, we can't be grilling. Jimmy, Jimmy really comes up with the one flaw. Of the well, wait a minute. Hold just... on. It depends on how long. Listen, I'm gonna... it depends on how long you want to smoke something for. You want to smoke something like we're gonna be here till 11 o'clock at night. Right. So it ain't like you gotta leave. Just so throw I'll, it I'll, on there. I'll bring a ham and cheese sandwich to just warm up, to warm up, to to, to fill my stomach. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, you know, I'll grab some. We'll throw some. I got some sausage. You got the sausage was excellent, by the way. To quote Joey Zaza, I smoked Italian sausage, I smoked some vegetables, and it was fantastic today. I was thinking about going by, swinging by H Mart and getting a big old fucking fish and smoking that. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. <laughs> Say, why? Because it, it depends on how long you got to smoke it for. I bet you it well, doesn't take that long. This well, is your what I'll do. I'll do research. Don't worry. I'll have research. Whoa, 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 whoa. Brandon, go ahead. We'll you, Brandon, you were saying, I'll, go ahead. Brandon, I'll open let Brandon the trader app. Do my, I'll do my research. Wait, there's an app say. attached to this? I need more information. It's not like so, we have to. It's not like we have to key into this Traeger. It's your brother's house. You can go over and and uh, 200 degree cook a fish at noon and make. I could. One. I could just swing by and get it started. It's a smoker. It's not going to burn the house down. No, it will not. So. You Chris is going to come home and it's going to be smoked. Pouring out of his uh, <laughs> out of his garage because I lit it in the garage. The house smells like smoked fish now. Jack Skiuli's there digging through the the remnants looking for something to eat. Right, nobody nobody knows that reference. Stuff. Nobody knows that reference. So go ahead, Chris. Right. You're trying to so, look saying. So, yes. so, so okay. Okay. Oh no, this is this is just smoking smoking avocados. Wait a minute, let me find something. <laughs> There we go. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, a smoked salmon will take three hours. Yeah, that's not long at all. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. One to three hours, I say. Is that what you're looking at? I'm just so looking at a, I'm looking at a random uh, oh. Google Google search. Oh, that's just – then that's just – I just looked on the app. You do it whatever way you want to do it. Better I'll be here 420. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, weed time. I'll be at the house. Stop by and grab a couple Frosties from um, Tonewood Brewing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, should be fun. That'll be that. I'm stoked. Yeah, we'll be all right. So no matter how bad this pay-per-view is, we might have a really good time not watching it and then have to watch it again <laughs> the day after because we didn't pay attention. It's 
No, I think that'll I think that'll be better actually because yeah. we'll figure out what happened. You and we could tell the stories of what we were doing instead of paying attention. Yes, of course. Like yes. you were in my you were in my yard with a blanket trying to put out flames. <laughs> while I would I stop dropping and rolling. Um, <laughs> shit, I, I had something great about Nick the Nick Gage story stop last week, and, and I like forgot that, that shit don't work. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to bring up. So he says, "Stop, drop, and roll." Doesn't work. It's stop, drop, and roll. Not sit on your ass and spin like a fucking top. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah, he was spinning, and then he got up and started running again. Yeah. No, it works. It works, dick. All right, final thoughts. Not you, uh, because God wants you dead. Brandon, final thoughts on the on the week before we go. Now um, I'm excited for some stories from this little fish barbecue we're about we're about to tune up here. So check in next week if, yeah, if, if somehow if somehow you're still here after two hours and forty five minutes. No, I, think <laughs> I can't believe we had nothing to talk about when we talked for two hours and forty five minutes. Also, uh, Stone Cold or with not Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Two Cold Scorpio looks like a melted candle. We were talking about <laughs> melted candles. Two Cold Scorpio looks like shit. His face looks like it just was Fuck melted. It. He looked like Fuck Beetlejuice. He looked like he Beetlejuice. Did. And not Michael Keaton, but but this Beetlejuice. Or he it's looked Beetle, yeah. and he knows what he knows, and he knows. <laughs> I have no idea this reference. All right, let's get out of here. I'm as bad as can. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week, and join us here every week at Wrestling Is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. For Brandon and Chris, I'm Jim. Be back here next week for stories of the smoke and the fire and uh, possible injuries and a really bad pay-per-view. Oh, hopefully there you go. One, though. <laughs>